0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: WPHT, HD, 3 Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Revolution. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli.
2: I was just listening to Lloyd Austin. You know, he comes out. He says, "I know many people were scared, especially people in the black community." Does everything have to be about race? Everything? The Secretary of Defense goes missing. Doesn't tell anybody, but we still find a way to tie it into race. It's unbelievable, this administration. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. So, the other insurrection that occurred in in that Senate room, uh, no charges. Capitol Police today announced they're not charging the two men that had sexual relations an insurrection of another kind in that Senate hearing room. So, there you go. I mean, no big deal. Just uh, shoot a gay sex video in a historic Senate chamber room and you're good to go. No problem. And if you've noticed uh, illegal immigrants who are beating up cops and now there's questions about whether or not they should be deported and when they were released, which is amazing that they released, they walk by cameras and flick, flick off the cameras because they know nothing is going to happen to them. Nothing. It's funny. I was thinking about this yesterday. Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, was asked the question whether or not the uh, the gang of illegals who beat up two cops—I mean, it's a shocking video—whether they should be deported. And she goes on to say, "Yes, anyone who breaks our laws, especially against police officers, is probably someone we should think about deporting." So she's all—you know—she's all very, very—you know—dancing around it. But New York's a sanctuary city. I mean, sanctuary cities literally—they exist. So that the feds can't get somebody who's in one of their jails. This is an important note. You know, when Philadelphia was debating the sanctuary city. Yeah. When Jim Kenny did the um, white man's overbite and dancing after we became one. I kept saying to people, you know, you have to understand something. This is not about whether or not people are going to go door to door and start grabbing people and deporting them. This has to do with if a criminal is being held in a Philadelphia County Jail or Philadelphia City Correctional, whatever, being held by the police. And the feds want the guy. The the sanctuary city means we, we won't turn him over. He could be here illegally. He could be wanted on other things, but we're not going to turn him over. That's what a sanctuary city literally means. And now you have New York City going, well, maybe we'll deport these people. And then Congress yesterday votes to deport anyone who's convicted of a DUI, uh, who's an illegal immigrant, who's an illegal, illegal immigrant, not legal, but illegal. And Democrats voted against it anyway. They still vote, which is just amazing to me. I mean, it really is. It's amazing. Because that is just so politically tone deaf. It really is. It's so politically tone deaf. But, you know, I, they, they don't want to see anybody deported. They don't want to see anyone sent home. They don't want anyone, anything mean to happen to anybody. Nowhere, no how. That's just how they feel. You better not hurt their feelings because that could be bullying. I'll talk more about social media. The, the uh, hearing yesterday, the fallout of that. It very much now, there are a bunch of moms on Capitol Hill demanding action. You know that group Moms Demand Action, right? They are a group of moms who are organized to try to get rid of guns. Moms Demand Action. They have chapters all over the country. And their whole purpose is to get rid of guns, specifically uh, so-called assault weapons. They want those banned. They want to raise the age for people to be able to buy a firearm. They want things like magazine limits, capacity limits, all kinds of things, all kinds of bans. Moms demand action. Well, there's a similar group of moms demanding action today in Capitol Hill. Again, for the safety of the children, they want more regulation over social media. They want the government to do more in social media. And I'm telling you, this sounds exactly like the mindset of the people who blame the gun who blame the gun and think the gun, not the criminal, is the problem. They bring up all these awful instances of people who've committed crimes, blatant crimes, blatant crimes on social media platforms. And then they turn around, and instead of blaming the criminal, they blame the platform. How's that any different than than blaming Smith and Wesson if a guy uses a gun and kills people? And that's exactly what Democrats want to do. They want to strip away the immunity that gun manufacturers have against lawsuits. Because right now you can't sue social media because of, of the section uh, that they keep talking about in, the, in, in that act, which is the one that they constantly over and over again keep talking about. Well, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're, you know, we, we want to strip away the immunity of this Section 230. We want to strip this away because these big tech companies should be allowed to be sued if something bad happens. And a lot of Republicans are right on board with this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lindsey Graham saying you have blood on your hands yesterday. And that Senate hearing sounded like every Democrat to every gun manufacturer in this country. You have blood on your hands. Somebody did something wrong with your product. Somebody used your product in an unlawful way, and therefore you, as a CEO, are responsible for their actions. It's exactly what these Republicans sound like. And, of course, when they strip away Section 230, what's going to result is massive censorship. Massive censorship, the likes of which you've never seen. And guess who's going to be the target of that? You, me, our side of the aisle, because we're the ones who say the things that are mean and hurtful and bigoted, transphobic, misogynistic, anti-this, anti-that, bigoted, racist, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's us as usual. We're the ones who are killing people. Tell you what, Lindsey Graham sounded a lot like Joe Biden yesterday when Joe Biden came out and said Facebook was killing people by allowing vaccine disinformation on its platform. So if you're somebody who posts something about the covid shot and you bring up myocarditis or something and somebody doesn't get the shot because of your post and then they die of covid, whether or not they would have died anyway, because people still die if they're vaccinated. Well, now it's on you. Now you have blood on your hands. And so does the site, because maybe that person would be alive today if he didn't see your post. So they're, they're going to be censoring like crazy if Section 230 goes away. But I know, it's always reflexive. Whenever we bring up the children, we all suddenly go into our, yes, yes, protect the children by all means. The children are the new, the terrorists. Remember, you, remember in the years after 9-11, it was always the terrorists. We have to do this because terrorists. We have to let the government fondle you at the airport. We have to let the government read your emails and listen to your phone calls because terrorists. And if we don't do these things, you're going to get blown up by a terrorist. And then now we're the terrorists. Now we are now we meaning us with our political mindset. We are the terrorists. We're the domestic violent extremists, the MAGA terrorists, you know, that, that are roaming the streets, just waiting to start an insurrection. So all these powers we gave them against Muslim terrorists in Afghanistan in caves, it's now being used against American citizens and on American soil. But the children, whenever you say, but, but the children, suddenly everybody loses whatever sense of conservative backbone they have and goes, yes, government, please get involved and save the day. It's like, when are we going to learn? When are we going to learn from this? And either we, we say individuals are responsible for their actions or we don't, because if we turn around and say, and if somebody uses Facebook in an inappropriate way and does something to somebody that it's Mark Zuckerberg's fault and, and, and we go with that. And we we allow him to be sued, like Josh Hawley suggests. Why aren't we suing gun manufacturers? It's the exact same mindset. It's just, I mean, it, one is about freedom of speech; the other one's about the Second Amendment. But why not why not sue the platforms that allowed somebody to to say or do something that was wrong because it happened on their platform, even though it was not the intended use. Mind you, much like how no gun manufacturer makes guns with the intent of crazy people going into schools and killing kids. But for the children, we should ban that weapon and sue the gun manufacturers, sue them out of existence, sue them out of existence. I've heard that from the left so many times over the years, and so have you but we turn around and say we're the party of individual responsibility our ideas are individual responsibility and so we actually hold the individual responsible not the company that manufactured a product that this guy misused much like how we don't we don't let car manufacturers get sued if some some person gets drunk drives drunk and kills somebody you know we, we don't we don't hold uh you know kia responsible for that because they enabled the drunk driver anyway we'll talk more about that as the show progresses but um it's just amazing. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thinking about all the, uh, the the craziness of the world. And then I, I, I think about these two guys, you know, these, the, these guys who have sex in a Senate room and then no charges against them. And it's fine. It's OK. It's fine. You know what I mean? Capitol Police announced whether they will bring charges after two men recorded themselves having sex in the Senate office building. An insurrection of another kind. Quote, for now, we are closing the investigation into the facts and circumstances surrounding a sex video that was recorded inside the Hart Senate office building on the morning of Wednesday, December 13th. After consulting with federal and local prosecutors, as well as doing a comprehensive investigation and review of possible charges, it was determined that despite a likely violation of congressional policy, there is currently no evidence that a crime was committed. What? The video's the evidence. Did you guys not see? Did you guys not see there was a video? Did you not? Did you not see? Did you not see that? Although the hearing room was not open to the public at the time, the congressional staffer involved had access to the room. Oh well, then that's fine. If he had access to the room, why didn't you say that? I didn't realize that. I mean, he had full access, if you know what I mean. Full access. The two people of interest were not cooperative, nor were the elements of any of the possible crimes met. So they weren't cooperative. And, then, and they're still not charging these guys. The congressional staffer, who has since resigned from his job, exercised his Fifth Amendment right to remain silent and refuse to talk to us. Our investigators are willing to review new evidence should any come to light. You know, thank God these guys didn't do this on January 6th because they'd probably be in a dark prison somewhere right now with no access to an attorney. I mean, could you imagine if they had filmed this video on January 6th? They, let's say they just got there that day and thought it'd be really cool to shoot like a, 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 a gay sex video on the day that they were certifying the presidential election. Now they still want to get in trouble. Uh, what am I, what am I saying? forget uh, ever they still would not have gotten in trouble. but 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 if you but if you walked in the Capitol building that day, even though it's a public building, even though the doors were open at many points where police were actually allowing people in and used the bathroom, And you whipped it out. But in a much different way than these guys whipped it out, you're probably going to jail. You're probably going to prison. Unless your name's Ray Epps, of course. It's uh, amazing. The Daily Caller first obtained leaked amateur pornography showing a congressional staffer having with an unknown man in the Senate hearing room. The alleged staffer can also be seen in a photo naked on all fours looking back at the camera on the table where senators often sit to ask questions during a hearing. It's like when that guy, uh, Jamal Bowman, pulled the fire alarm. And then came out and lied and said, yeah, I didn't know. I thought it was the, uh, the, the exit, the emergency exit or something. And then the video clearly showed him taking down the emergency exit signs, clearly pulling the video clearly to disrupt Congress, to disrupt a congressional proceeding. This is the federal charge to disrupt a congressional proceeding. Of course, nothing happened to him because nothing happens to Democrats. They don't get in trouble. But if you're a grandma and you took a selfie in the Capitol building on January 6th, You probably had the FBI visit your house. You're probably facing federal charges if you've not already been found guilty, since everyone has been found guilty. Anyone, whether you smashed a window, whether you fought with a cop, whether you moved a barricade, whether you just went in and used a bathroom, whether you walked around with a flag, whether you sang a song, whether you you took pictures, it doesn't matter. You're all the same. In their eyes, you're all the same. So everybody's got to pay, except Ray Epps. Except that guy. Except the guy who told everybody to actually go into the Capitol. That guy... You know, he's he's OK. He's he's OK. He's fine. We'll just give him probation. But everybody else you will pay. But if you film an insurrection of another kind in the Senate room, clearly in violation of probably everything well, uh, you know, it's, uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, I don't know. I think people should shoot more videos like this. Why not? I mean, OnlyFans is pretty much the only company in Biden's America making money right now. So everybody could just start doing this. Every congressional staffer should just start making videos and just posting them on OnlyFans. And you'll probably make millions of dollars. And you won't get in trouble, so you don't have to worry about it. It's not, it's not like you have to risk anything. You might lose your job, but who cares? You're about you're gonna be an OnlyFans millionaire. You're gonna be an OnlyFans millionaire. So what do you care about your lowly Capitol Hill job that pays 75 grand a year? Nothing. You're about to be a millionaire. With your OnlyFans Capitol Hill sex page. I swear we're living in the craziest time, the dumbest time ever, and the craziest time. There's no question about that. There's, I mean, I think you'd have to you know, if aliens came down right now, they look around and be like, all right, we're, we're going home. We, we have not reached intelligent life. There is no intelligent life here. There's none, none whatsoever. And we're just going to get back on board the ship and go, cause this is not worth it. This just isn't worth it. Now, speaking of insane people, uh, D.A. Fawny Willis will not step down. That story just came out. She's the one, of course, persecuting Donald Trump in Georgia, where D- Donald Trump, despite all that, has an eight-point lead. And you know, something I said last night on Mark Levin show, when I was filling in for the great one, shameless plug, you can go back and listen to the podcast of that, of course, if you like, is that if you think about Georgia, where Trump is, has an eight-point lead right now, and what they're doing to him in Georgia, and he still has an eight-point lead... And my theory is that's actually a higher lead. See, I think all these seven swing states, like there's a story today and do not pay attention to it. It is a story about Biden having a national lead. Do me a favor and please ignore it because it's a fugazi. National polls do not matter. Let me say that again. National polls do not matter. They are irrelevant. Just like polls that, that, that survey registered voters are irrelevant, rip them up and throw it out. Rip it out. Same thing. So everybody was freaking out today because, of course, the media does what the media does, the corporate media, to distract you from the fact that yesterday's story was that se- po- seven, seven of the states that actually will decide the presidency, Donald Trump has a lead in all of them. So what happens? Hours later, Biden has six-point lead over Trump, and everybody starts freaking out. I got a couple messages of this. Rich, 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 what, 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 what's, what is this? What's happening here? It's irrelevant. Throw it away. It's a national poll. They mean nothing. Look at the states that will decide the presidency. I'm sorry to tell my fellow New Jerseyans this, but it's not, it's not Jersey. I made somebody mad the other day. I was on a call with some political people, and I, I made the comment of saying you can still win statewide in Jersey if you're running for Senate because the people have a tendency in that state to vote Republican and Democrat at the same day. It's very odd. But and somebody said, why are you just writing off Trump in Jersey? I said, well, because it's a blue state and the, they're not going to invest any time in the campaign. And I hope they don't. I hope they don't. I hope, I hope they don't spend a dollar there. I, I hope they spend it all in Pennsylvania. I mean, that because if you win Pennsylvania, you're winning the White House. You win Pennsylvania, you're winning the White House. If you if you waste money trying to flip blue states, that's it's not it's things have changed. This is not nineteen eighty four anymore. You gotta invest your resources where you can win and and play the game right. So you gotta invest your resources in Pennsylvania and Michigan. I'm not so sure about Wisconsin because at the end of the day, Republicans don't do well there, but but the jury's out. Right as of right now, Trump has a lead. Georgia, North Carolina, Arizona, Nevada. That's game set match, baby. That's game. That's game over right there. And thank you, Matt Desantis, for clarifying that point for me. I appreciate it. To 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 combine both of my points, both of my reasons for ripping a poll apart, tearing it up from my formerly pangolin-stained fingers, from my never pineapple pizza-stained fingers, you rip it up. The Quinnipiac poll, in addition to being a national poll. Was registered voters, not likely voters. That's a two for one offense right there. You take that poll and you rip it up. Or if you have a birdcage, line the birdcage with that poll or a kitty litter box. I don't know what you cat people do. I don't want to know. Quite frankly, I don't need you to get mad at me. Cat people relax. Just relax. But if you do line your kitty litter thingies with something, line it with this poll. Because the Quinnipiac poll showing Biden with a big national lead was registered voters, not likely voters, and it was a national poll. It is fugazi. But it's all everyone's talking about today. See how that works? See how the game works? The game works by yesterday the polls come out showing, I mean, they were devastating. Two separate devastating polls, both showing Trump with a lead in the seven states that will decide the presidency of the United States of America. And within hours, hours after that, the corporate media is talking about this national poll. Trump's bleeding women supporters. Women hate him. Legal bills pile up. Fundraising plummets. Women run from the don. This New York Post story, Biden holds six-point national lead over Trump, fueled by female voters. Female registered voters in a national poll. Fugazi. This is the big story of the day today, by the way. It's brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Go see him. He's the master of dental implants. He will give you the smile of your dreams, a smile that you deserve, because you do deserve a beautiful smile, VenariaDental.com. I will be at Parks Casino tonight for Joe Conklin's Comedy Night. I'll be the MC along with my buddy, Mike Baldini, so I look forward to seeing you there. Hopefully, you're coming. Just a programming heads up. My buddy Michael Opelka will be taking the uh, the helm of the ship at six o'clock tonight to do the final hour, so I can get over to Parks because I got to tie one on before I go on stage. No, I just I got to get there and I got I got to do all the stuff. That's what we do. It's our standard operating procedure. So, uh, Opelka will be here at six. But I want to remind you, we have another event coming up very very soon, and that is our speaker series with Terry Hayes, number one global best selling author and film producer Terry Hayes at Main Point Books. In Wayne, PA, it's going to be next week, February the 7th. So Wednesday night, and it will sell out, so get your tickets by going to 1210WPHD.com, 1210WPHD.com. Coming up, what is going to happen with the Section 702 of the FISA Act? Are Republicans, once again, going to allow the government to do its warrantless spying on us for the children, to protect the children? We'll find out. And don't forget something. Whenever you think about censorship, if it feels good in the moment, Remember, they probably want to silence you and me. We'll be right back.
4: Put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to forty-five percent. Up to forty-five percent off for a limited time at blinds.com Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: The Zioli show on your schedule. From Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT in the free Odyssey app.
2: Wait, what? What did I say that made you play this song?
5: Uh the congressional staffers they didn't. Cooperate, right?
1: Oh,
2: right. Okay. Their lips are sealed. Well, I don't know if those lips are sealed, Henry. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. Oh man. But fair enough. Yeah. Today's the day, by the way. In case you guys are wondering, my uh, illustrious producers, the guys who actually run the show here, Matt Sancta uh the executive producer Henry Mashet, the associate producer. Today's the day. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting to see how many days Matt DeSantis would put the story of the $1.7 million toilet in my show sheet. And I was waiting until he took it out, which he did finally today, after I've been ignoring it for how many days, like a week? Uh, it's been a week, yeah. Once, At it, least once we week. hit a week, I decided, you know what, I'll just move on. Yeah, you, were, you, you so wanted to do the toilet story. And we are, I'm going to, because today's the day. I was waiting, I'm <laughs> just waiting. I saw... Whenever I see you put a story in the next day, I'm like, all right, DeSantis really likes this one. Then if I forget and I see it the third day, I'm like, all right, well, I definitely am going to do it now. It's just got to matter of wait and see how long it keeps coming and back. Well,
6: I, you know, I, <laughs> now that I know how, how you operate, I'll just pull it a little early. No. That way you get to it.
2: No, that's that, no, you're doing just fine. You're
6: doing
7: just fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a fascinating story. It actually really is. Government incompetence at, at its best. Um, but I do have to clarify, Johnny Cook reminded me of something. I said, you know, do we blame the product do we, or do we blame the person who committed a crime? He, do, he did remind me of a very good point, which is that Blue City mayors and actually the Attorney General of New Jersey, Matt Placken, they sent a letter to Kia and Hyundai telling them that their cars are too easy to steal. So they, were actually, they are actually blaming the car manufacturers for theft, He's saying your cars are too easy to steal, so you better figure that out because this is on you. It's absurd. You know, this is absurd. but um, So there's a toilet, a $1.7 million single-stall public restroom in San Francisco, California. Look, at least they're trying to build a toilet versus just letting everybody poop on the streets. I mean, you got to give them some credit, right? (laughs) Just saying. I
6: don't think they deserve very much credit once
2: we get into the story. This is a disaster. So, according to Reason.com, in October of 2022, San Francisco raised eyebrows when the city budgeted $1.7 million for a single stall public restroom in the city's No Valley neighborhood, Noe Valley neighborhood. Mm-hmm. The high price tag, according to city officials, was due to the steep price of construction in San Francisco, as well as remaining supply chain issues. But the state stepped in shortly after scrapping the planned bathroom after outrage spread over its high cost to taxpayers. Fifteen months later, the public plaza where the restroom was originally planned still doesn't have a place to pee and it doesn't look like it will get one anytime soon. Why isn't there a toilet here? I just don't get it. Nobody does, one resident told the New York Times last week. It's yet another example of the city that can't. San Francisco has the most expensive construction costs in the world, and it's hardly surprising. In order to build a public bathroom in this part of the city at a location that already had the necessary plumbing to add a restroom, builders would have to pass a dizzying number of regulatory stops. Ready? These include seeking approval from the Arts Commission's Civic Design Review Committee, passing review under the California Environmental Quality Act, and getting the go-ahead from the city's Rec and Parks Commission and San Francisco's Board of Supervisors. And if that isn't enough, the project would also be subject to a period of community feedback. But wait, there's more. Even after gaining approval, the city wouldn't be free to simply find the cheapest acceptable bathroom, likely a prefabricated option and connected to the city plumbing. According to a 2022 San Francisco Chronicle article, prefabricated bathrooms violate the city's public labor agreement. Adding to cost, the city would also be required to use union labor to construct a bathroom. While the $1.7 million price tag was rightfully criticized, should the project have been allowed to go forward, the budget may not have been an overestimate. San Francisco's regulatory burden on new construction, even something as simple as a single stall bathroom, is just that high. Even San Francisco's own government has conceded that the bathroom fiasco was a sign that the city has too much regulation. Quote, it's worth changing the laws that are in place around construction projects like the restroom that slow things down, said a spokesperson for the mayor. But this is far from the first time that local governments have earmarked absurdly large sums of money to pay for public bathrooms. In 2017, New York City spent two million dollars on a public park bathroom. And last year. Philadelphia caused controversy when it announced it would spend $1.8 million on six modular Portland Loo bathrooms over the next five years. A model the cities across the country have spent millions on in recent years. There you go. All right, Matt DeSantis. The Thank toilet you. story is done. <laughs> it's also worth
6: noting there was a New York Times version of the story that said that a local businessman actually offered to donate a bunch of material and a toilet. And uh, so to. You know, obviously, cut down on the cost, which was a major issue, and they still haven't been able to get this approved. Um, The the article noted that it takes 523 days on average for a developer to get the initial go-ahead to construct housing in San Francisco, and another 605 days to get uh, building permits. That's insane. (laughs) <laughs> that is insane. What are they doing? And again, that's the New York Times. They have
2: to go through all the committees, all the uh, all Crazy. the communist regu- regulatory bodies. They have to go through. I mean, did all those committees just sit on their hands, though? Yes. Oh. Their job. <laughs> let me tell you what their job is. I'll say what their job is. Ready? Their job is to make sure that nothing happens. That's their job. Man. Their job is to literally make sure that nothing happens. I'm in
5: the wrong business. Yeah, you are. I'd be great at that.
2: This is kind of similar to, I've told this story before. So my my wife grew up in the Adirondacks in Tupper Lake, New York, which is about 45 minutes away from Lake Placid. Everybody knows Lake Placid, of course. Miracle, the Olympics. We were married there. In Tupper Lake, they wanted to do a mountain they have a big mountain there called big tupper it used to be a a ski resort back in the day they wanted to get it going again and they thought you know let's do some tourism you know and they had this developer come in and this developer was going to was going to totally build this beautiful adirondack village get the ski resort going again jobs tourism build uh, housing around it because there's you know there's gonna build condos and people could buy you know luxury condos they could have as their second homes and things like this and there's something up there called the Adirondack Park Commission, the APC. After seven years of reviewing the project and bleeding the developer dry to the tune of millions of dollars, by the time that the Gov. Andrew Cuomo, finally got up there and said, you know what, I think it'll be nice, there'll be snow bunnies, they love a good hot cocoa with the bar after, am I right? By the time he got up there realizing he could cop a feel on a snow bunny... The developer ran out of cash. That's the goal. That's the game. The regulatory bodies run a bleed it dry with red tape, and then the developers lose money, and then they go away. And in this case now, you have people who will be like, oh, it's a historic district. We don't want a bathroom. Now, maybe they're correct, and maybe they shouldn't put a bathroom there, but that's their job. Their job is to make sure nothing gets done. It's like when you have to go to approval for a a lot of times, cities do these um, historic preservation committees sometimes they are advisory and sometimes they actually have power which i never understand because they're not elected officials they actually have power to shut down construction projects and and and, and, and many towns think about adding this stuff and i can't understand why because you're the elected officials why would you empower a- another group of people to make decisions on whether or not a house should go up in that neighborhood, or a house should be torn down, or a a, a restaurant should open, or something. Why would you? You're the elected officials. You're the ones accountable. But that's exactly why they do it. They do it so that they can say it wasn't us. The uh, historic commission uh, voted it down. They didn't want any changes to the area in the neighborhood. And you know, so it's a it's a joke. And then of course, there's also the other thing is they they love you know follow the money. They love the, they love the the vig. They got to get the vig. And the union jobs and the VIG, and they got, and then this, and Joey's got to make sure that Tommy's brother gets something, and then some San Francisco, what do they call those people out there um, that are members of the council there? Are they council members or are they commissioners? I think they're commissioners, right, Matt? Uh, I'm actually not sure. I'll, I'll check. Well, some San Francisco commissioner's gotta make sure that his, his idiot nephew gets a piece of the uh you know, the, the the plumbing contract with the and then some donors gotta make sure that, you know, whoever gets the, the handlebars on the sink, they come from his you know, The whole thing is is a is a is a scammy way to just bleed people dry. It's absolutely amazing. I did wanna mention as well, you know, we're talking about crazy things and I wanna thank um let's see here if i check in on social media real quick i can't wait to uh see jack carr's new book i'll get to that in a second but ed farmer sent me a post jonathan turley wrote a great piece in the new york post i'll get to this a little bit later the new york post is out with my column on hunter biden's curious filing in his gun case where he draws comparisons to the children of undocumented migrants the dead czars and japanese internment camp families and it only gets weirder from there. So we'll touch on that as the show progresses today as well. And uh, a little bit later, I, I want to I do want to take your calls on what's going on with social media and whether or not, you know, in any way, shape or form, you want to see the government get involved here. And I will outline all my reasons why the answer to that should be no thank you, but I want to hear from you on that, so we'll talk about that as well as we go on. And I know, uh, I just saw a few moments ago, Trump came out and spoke about the border bill, and that border bill should die. It should die a big death. It's a joke. It's a scam. It's not going to secure the border. They don't want to secure the border. And what they're still doing, still doing, is finding a way for coward, feckless Republicans to be able to save face for funding the Ukraine war, by saying, oh, I did it for border security. The bill is an abomination. We'll talk more about that as the show goes on today as well. And we'll grab that audio of uh, the former president. Listen, Cherry Hill Vavo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill is outstanding. I love the friendship we have with them. I love the fact that they are always there for us. I love the fact that we broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Vavo studios. I think it's, it's it, it, in this day and age of cancel culture. That means so much to me that Judith Krupnick said, I want to step up. I want the studio naming rights. That means a lot. And you should give them some business. And I know that buying an American car is very important. Well, the S-Class is made in South Carolina. And they have a beautiful sale going on right now at Cherry Hill Volvo during their renovation with the S-Class. But all of their cars are outstanding and amazing. And they always go the extra mile for you. Now, I'm in a program called Care by Vavo. So every five months, I have the chance to change to a different Volvo, keep the Volvo I have, or cancel the lease altogether. It's great. It makes wonderful sense. It, it, one payment includes car insurance, fifteen thousand miles annually, excessive wear coverage, and more. But it's at Cherry Hill Volvo. That's where you need to go. Forget all these other Volvo dealerships. There's only one that stands with this radio station. There's only one that is the studio sponsor of Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, and that's Cherry Hill Volvo. And Judith and Yosef and the entire team would love to see you. They will always work to get you the absolute best offer because they will make sure they get you every possible incentive they can. So whether it's a new, a pre-owned, or a certified pre-owned, these, these cars are beautiful, like new cars, or a lease through the Care by Lease program, Cherry Hill VAVO, the region's most accessible Volvo dealership, minutes over the bridge on Route 70 in Cherry Hill, where relationships matter.
1: Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. We're
2: rolling along on Thursday. Thanks for being here today. Appreciate it. 855 3912 91210 Thank you for all the wonderful comments from uh, my fill for Mark Levin last night. The great one. It was fun. Always enjoy it. A lot of fun. And I, I mentioned this on the show yesterday because Bud Light has partnered with uh, comedian Shane Gillis after the company's fall from grace. The comedian, he's, very, he's hysterical, by the way. He's got this great impression of Trump that he does, uh, talking all about when Trump killed Soleimani. And he's out there going, you know, he died like a dog. And it's so so spot on. He was supposed to be on Saturday Night Live, but they canceled him. Saturday Night Live canceled Shane Gillis. And he was recently on a podcast with Joe Rogan and a bunch of other people talking about how Bud Light destroyed itself. Joe Rogan... Sean Gillis and a bunch of other people, they talked about the long-term effects of the boycott. And he said, basically, there's never been a brand that has been hit like this before. After Elisa held Schneiderface, whatever her name is, came out and said, you know, we got to get rid of the fratty white guy image that we have. So now they're bringing in a very funny guy with conservative views who reaches a lot of people in our circle who was canceled from Saturday Night Live to be a new spokesperson for Bud Light. Very smart, Bud Light trying their best, but the problem is the damage that they did by having Dylan Mulvaney. It's going to take a long time to recover from because that woman, that 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 marketing director, she single-handedly destroyed that beer brand. This is what I tell people all the time. I had a conversation with somebody. I'm not going. I'm not going to say who. Conversation with somebody went like this the other day. They said, "I got in trouble at work today." But I'm like joking. Why? What happened? I was dealing with a situation at work and I thought I was, I thought the issue, it's an HR thing. I thought the issue was about two people. So I kept saying, okay, well, what did they do? And the person kept, it's like a, who's on first kit? Well, I just told you what they did. They stole ink toner. No, I understand that. But what did the other person do? No, 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 no. They, she goes by they, she, she identifies as they, them. And the person still couldn't really compute going, okay, so what did she do? No, no, not she, they. All right, so what did they do? They stole ink toner. Who? They. Them? Yes, they, them. It really does. I feel like I'm listening to Who's On First by Abbott and Costello. I really do. And I said, and she said, I, I guess I'm old. I guess I guess I'm out of touch. I said, no, you're not. No, not at all. It's the fact that the world has gone freaking crazy because corporations have hired these woke college idiots to work for their companies. And this is the, 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 these, these corporations have now become cesspools for this stuff. And then it leaks out into the brand. It leaks out into the brand, and then it destroys everything. And Bud Light is exactly that. Bud Light hired this woke idiot, this Elisa Schneiderheld, who said the following, quote, we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out-of-touch humor, and it was really important that we had another approach. And then and then she said she wanted it to be a more inclusive brand. So then they go and they tap Dylan Mulvaney, a trans influencer, and it was a freaking disaster. But the world's insane now. I mean, that's what I mean. It, it, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into the the, C, the tech stuff a little bit in the next hour. The world's insane, and we gotta really watch because they are, they want to punish us for so-called misgendering. When you say the wrong gender, use the wrong pronoun for somebody, they want to punish you for this. You remember that clip of Dr. Rachel Levine yelling at somebody, don't you misgender me? They want that to be a crime, like a hate crime. A hate crime. And if you t- if you say to a biological man who identifies as a woman, if you call that person him or refer to him as a man, as I'm doing right now, that they want that to be a freaking hate crime. Yes, they do. And Shane Gillis is very funny. Um, he had made some comments... That, of course, the the woke left interpreted as racist. He made him on a podcast. Old jokes. He's a comedian. And so this is what they put at the time. They said, after talking with Shane Gillis, we decided he will not be joining SNL. We were not aware of his prior remarks that have surfaced over the past few days. The language that he uses is offensive, hurtful, and unacceptable. We are sorry that we did not see these clips earlier and that our vetting process was not up to our standards. I mean, come on. Guy's a comedian. You know, Jimmy Fallon's book on cancel culture is out. And the point that he's making in the book is they're just jokes. They're jokes. Lighten up. Lighten up. But you, but you, as a comedian now, you are exposed to cancel culture. And how do you think that happens? Because they announced that they're hiring Shane Gillis. And then people go and they do a deep dive. They find things he said. They go, oh, that's racist. That's bigoted. That's misogynistic. Whatever. And then they go after NBC. And they go after Comcast. And these corporations go, oh, they all get afraid. And they run and hide. And they go, okay, okay, okay. We're sorry. We're sorry. We won't do it again. I promise. We'll fire him. We'll fire him. Just don't. Just don't yell at us. and and these companies cave. And the reason why these companies are in this position in the first place, the reason why is because they hire these woke corporate idiots who who have who have spent years in the faculty lounge, surrounded by the faculty lounge, I should say, not with real America. And they believe this is how everybody thinks. It's the most insular place in the world, a college classroom or a college faculty lounge, at lounge. And you walk out of there believing everybody thinks like you do. So what happens? A company hires you and you turn around and say, you know what we need to do? We need to appeal to trans beer drinkers. What? Yeah, no, it's a big thing it's a big thing we need to embrace a transgender influencer and the people on the table sit there and go really and then if anyone's over the age of 40 in that room they're afraid to say anything for two reasons number one they're afraid of being called okay okay, boomer and number two they're afraid of losing their job so they go they, they play along and go oh yeah it sounds great yeah but they know inside it's a stupid idea they know it's a terrible idea they know it is an awful idea, but they, but they go along with it, and they, they, they go along with it because they're afraid, because they have targets on their backs. I made a, I made a, um, a, a comment the other day Trump. about how—I um, I made this on the Vince show last night. Donald Trump has a target on his back all the time, you know, whether it's the state of New York, state of Georgia, the federal government. And how many of us in our lives, in a day-to-day, feel like we have a target on our back every single day? Yeah, you know, if you're a white guy over fifty in corporate America, you probably feel that way. If you're a cop, you feel that way. You got a target on your back, not just a literal target, but you got a target from politicians who want to defund you. Won't won't have your back if there's a if 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 stuff goes down. and You got to use your your firearm, or you or you beat the guy the wrong way. You got a target on your back if you if you're just a good Samaritan on a subway trying to help uh, a lady not get stabbed by a freaking crazy homeless guy. You got a, you got a big target on your back if you're a farmer. Because they want to shut you down all in the name of climate change because agriculture, you know, agriculture leads to more cows and more cows tooting. So you got a big target on your back, too. You got a target on your back if you're a mom and you don't want you you don't want your kids to get the covid shot. And you spoke out about it at a school board meeting and the government called you a domestic terrorist. You got a target on your back if you're a pro-life Catholic just praying outside an abortion clinic. And we all have a target on our back when it comes to this freaking economy. So I think people can relate to Donald Trump now more than ever. Every time they go after him, somebody goes, I get it. They're after him. It's like, hey, listen, you work in the natural gas industry. You got a target on your back because they want to shut you down. You're a coal miner. You've had a target on your back for a long time. You know they want to shut you down. You work in the oil industry. Yeah, you got a target on your back, too. You you like guns? You like shooting with guns? Do you? Yeah, well, guess what? You have a target on your back now because the government is watching you thinking you might be a terrorist. You post controversial things on social media? Well, we need you to register with the social registry of truth so that we can protect the children and make sure that you're not under 16. And uh, and guess what? The government's watching you and spying on you and getting your web history. So we all have a giant target on our back. And then Trump comes along. He's in, he's getting shot at at all different angles by, by the federal government, the states, everywhere, nonstop. And people go, I get it. You know, E. Jean Carroll had a big party the other night celebrating her $83 million win with all these elite lefties down in Greenwich Village. And people look at that and go, you know what? I mean, she's on Rachel Maddow joking about buying townhouses and shoes and penthouses. These people are, are full of crap. And, and E. Jean Carroll won a defamation lawsuit. She did not win a sexual assault lawsuit. And that's a very important distinction. And I'm tired of people confusing the two. There's defamation and sexual assault are two totally different things. Not that Trump should have been found guilty of defamation. It was a terrible case. And that jury award is ridiculous. But anyway, Shane Gillis is a very funny comedian. He does a spot-on Trump impression. Really funny.
8: I think was probably one of the greatest speeches of world leaders given. You know, it's got to be up there with, like, Churchill, Gettysburg Address. <laughs> it's the night the United States killed the leader of ISIS. Trump comes out of the Situation Room at, like, midnight in the White House. And he walks down that tunnel. Like, he's, it gives a press conference. Like, he's giving a... Post game NBA and just goes, Abu Bakar Al Baghdadi is dead. He died like a dog. I didn't change one word of that. That's what he opened with, and then he did forty minutes. The speech is forty minutes. The meanest talk you've ever heard
9: in front of the whole world. Abu, we can hear him crying. I said, Abu, don't cry. Let me tell you something. Abu cried. He cried quite a bit. I wouldn't have cried. <laughs> Crybaby
2: baby Crybaby <Baghdadi. laughs> Cry baby Baghdadi.
9: All right. Uh,
2: four o'clock hours straight ahead on tap. So we got a lot to talk about, including why are Republicans sounding like big government progressives when it comes to social media? Don't go away.
1: Rich Seale, weekday afternoons, three to seven. Talk radio, 1210 WPHT. And on the free Odyssey app.
2: that's what Lindsey Graham says. Blood on their hands. Talking about social media companies and sounding a lot like Democrats, right? When they talk about guns or when Biden yelled about Facebook killing people with COVID misinformation. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. It is our uh, Thursday pre-Parks show. So just a reminder, at 6 p.m. tonight, my buddy Michael Pelka, stunt brain himself, will be taking the, uh, the helm of the ship and guiding you right to the Mark Levin show at 7 o'clock. So... There you go. Uh, I, I just I keep thinking about yesterday's hearing, and I keep getting more frustrated by it. I really do. The show that was put on by these Republicans and and Democrats too. I mean, it was a bipartisan show, bipartisan theater. But they are playing right into the hands of the government censors. They really are. They're playing right into the hands of the government censors. And I don't really think they're thinking this through. You know, they're so uh, anxious to get the applause of the audience. They're so anxious to have these little tiny moments that go viral, but to argue that somebody's a murderer, I mean, that's what, that's what, you know, a number of these senators said about Mark Zuckerberg is a murderer. That basically is taking the responsibility away from the person who actually did the crime. So somebody actually did a crime. We typically blame the criminal. We don't blame the gun. We don't blame the politics. We blame the criminal for doing that. That's, that's been a pretty consistent conservative idea for a long time. The left, however, blames the object. They blame the gun. They scream about gun bans and gun regulation, and they want to go after the gun manufacturers. I mean, if you think about it, every time there's a shooting, Democrats scream that the gun manufacturers should not be protected from being sued. They should be held liable for the actions that somebody did, the illegal actions that a criminal did with their product. We heard a lot of that yesterday with the Facebook tech hearing. We heard a lot of that from both sides of the aisle. These people saying that that Facebook has blood in its hands because its product allowed somebody to do something that resulted in somebody's death. So the CEO of the company, is it any different than a Democrat <clears throat> screaming that the CEO of... Smith and Wesson is responsible if there's a shooting. No, it actually is exactly the same. It's exactly the same thing, which is why you shouldn't do it. Why Republicans should not engage in this. And when you think about the grandstanding yesterday, all I keep thinking of is this moment that happened during COVID when Joe Biden came out and said that they're killing people. What he was talking about at the time was Facebook, that they allowed COVID disinformation on their platform. Now, there's a case, obviously, going through the courts right now about this very idea that the government went to big tech and said, hey, listen, you got to you got to do something about this. You got to censor. You need to you need to stop allowing misinformation on your platforms. All right. And the argument, of course, is that if the government comes to big tech and it bullies them into censoring and they do it, it's it's a censorship. It's a violation of the First Amendment. Now, they didn't have to bully too hard. I think the the tech companies were more than happy to do the bidding of government. They really just had to ask nicely. But just the fact that the government's asking is a problem. But tell me how Lindsey Graham doesn't sound that different from this guy, Joe Biden, who talked about Facebook COVID misinformation. This is from two years ago. Take a listen. On on
10: What's your
8: message to platforms like Facebook?
11: They're killing people. I mean, it really, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And that, and, they're, and they're killing people.
2: Okay, they're killing people. Now, let me play for you what Lindsey Graham said Mr. yesterday. Zuckerberg. See, what, what Lindsey Graham said yesterday, the, the, the infamous blood on your hands comment, Mr. which Zuckerberg, has gone viral.
10: You and the companies before us, I know you don't mean to. It to be so, but you have blood on your hands. You have a product. You have a product that's killing people.
2: Can't you say that about guns? I mean, isn't that what every leftist says about guns all the time? You have a product that's killing people, you have blood on your hands, and they wanna they wanna take away whatever protections gun manufacturers have from lawsuits. And, they want, and, and the left wants to be able to sue gun manufacturers out of existence. That's what they want to do. That's exactly what their plan is. So Lindsey Graham, to sit there and lecture about blood on your hands, you are playing right into exactly what the left wants, which is more regulation and to be able to hold all kinds of things liable for having blood on people's hands. There, there's such a movement right now. There is such a movement among Democrats to take away the protections that gun manufacturers have. Congress passes new legal shield for gun industry. That was an article from many years ago at the Republican controlled Legislature delivered a long-sought victory to the gun industry on Thursday when the House voted to shield firearms manufacturers and dealers from liability lawsuits. And the bill was signed into law by George Bush, President George W. Bush. The tech industry has a similar protection. It's known as section 230. It also says that they are not liable for the content on their platform. Now, if they see anything endangering children, sexual exploitation, they have to report that, they have to take it down, and they do. At least that's what they say. They do, but we're, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the bullying, all right? We're talking about the bullying that goes on in social media the when people feel badly about themselves when and this happens in in real life all the time, too, does it not? I mean, adults bully each other quite a bit on social media, but kids do. And then kids feel very bad about it. And, you know, the one story of that 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 poor young man who sent pictures, naked pictures of himself to somebody on one of the sites and then they blackmailed him and said they were going to release it. And then he killed himself. It's a horrible, horrible thing. But is the CEO of that company responsible for what the actions of the criminal are? I mean, that, the, the, the people that extorted him are criminals and they need to be prosecuted and sent to prison. But when that young man in Rutgers killed himself after his roommate had taken pictures of him, this was back, I think, really maybe 10, 12, 15 years ago, and then threatened to uh, to use them against people and he killed himself, there were no calls to sue the webcam company. But now we're calling on suing social media. That they're responsible for the illegal actions of people. Now, first of all, it's impossible to know what every single user on a platform is doing all the time. But I'll tell you what you play into. You play into the notion of what the left has asked for a long time, which is that if you remove the Section 230 liability, then the platforms become responsible for the content on their sites. And that means that they're going to have to do a better job of policing Speech. And who do you think is going to be the primary target of that? You and me. Exactly. What Matt Taibbi revealed to us when he did the Twitter files was that the government was engaged with big tech in making them take down misinformation on Twitter regarding COVID, Joe Biden's, Hunter Biden's laptop, anything around January 6th, Donald Trump, et cetera, et cetera. We know from the exposure. That Matt Taibbi and other journalists did that Congress was, or I should say the FBI and the Department of Justice and the Biden administration were working with big tech to censor people. So my question becomes, if you remove section 230, aren't these platforms going to be going to be targeting conservative speech even more? Aren't they going to be going after people? I made a, I made a joke on Twitter about, um, I don't know, something that, that they'll deem bullying. I make a comment about transgender. They're going to say that it's bigoted. Take it down. I mean, as conservatives, we're constantly fighting for me, fighting for more free speech. We're constantly fighting the battle to get more speech allowed, not less. I mean, I'll give you an example. Here's a little Dick Durbin, little Dick Durbin, who is, of course, uh, one of the vile senators. He really is. He was on CNN and he said he's not going to protect Section 230. He wants to see it go. And he also wants to see any protections against gun manufacturers go as well. So at least the guy's consistent here.
12: I uh, I got a text message this morning from um, uh, someone within the company saying tech executives don't write legislation; they lobby for it, they lobby against it. What do you make of that argument?
13: Well, there is some truth to that, that is the bottom line. But the good news is we start off with five bills that passed unanimously out of the committee. That, I think, is our template that we need to bring to the floor of the United States Senate. Now, I know the Senate as well as most people, mm-hmm. and I will tell you that to get this done, you have to have a bipartisan measure and an agreement on time and amendments. That's not easy uh, in a Senate that is designed to stop and kill legislation right and left. I think we can do it. I think the political force you saw in that hearing and in that room can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Now,
2: the political force he's talking about is the bipartisan effort here of people like Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, Lindsey Graham... Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, Dick Durbin, who all want to take away the protections that social media companies have for allowing content on their platforms, which means then, understand this, and understand exactly what this means, that they will start having to be the speech police. So the next time the government starts pushing a vaccine on people and you want to speak out against it, they're going to remove it they're going to take it down and say it violates our terms and blah, 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 blah. The next time that the president's crack addict son, his idiot crack addict son, has a laptop that you and I both know is real and they say it's Russian disinformation and the story tries to go on social media, they will act like the speech police and take it down. They did all those things with Section 230 in place. What do you think they'll do without Section 230 in place? Knowing that they'll be held liable For if, for example, let's say you post something about the COVID vaccine and you point out myocarditis, you point out side effects, you point out how healthy young men are having heart-related issues. And then they allow that on their platform. And then let's say somebody decides not to get the COVID vaccine, gets COVID and dies. Now, there's no correlate. There's no way to know that if the vaccine would have saved their life, but that's the argument the government's going to say. The government's going to say that. And then what happens? Are they going to Are they gonna sue the tech company for allowing that so-called misinformation on their site? You bet, because that killed that guy. Your comments about the COVID shot killed that person because he read them and decided not to get the jab, and now he's dead. Therefore, you're responsible. The tech platform that allowed that content on is responsible. They need to get sued into oblivion. So what's going to happen? They're not going to want to get sued. So they're just going to start taking down controversial content. And where do you think that's going to lead? It's going to lead to anyone who voices an opinion that is contrary to the government, to the intelligentsia, to the deep state, obviously. You know, if, if if I post something that says a man is a man, a woman is a woman, like, uh, you, you know, biology is very clear on this. I believe in science. And then someone reads that and then, you know, God forbid, kills herself because she's transitioning to be a man or whatever. And then I, I so now that I have blood on my hands because I posted that and she read it and decided to take her own life. And then therefore the tech company has blood on their hands and everybody. So what are they going to do? They're going to take that down because it's too controversial. It goes against the intelligentsia. So my content will be removed. Riley Gaines. You think anything Riley Gaines is going to be allowed on social media platforms if they remove Section 230? Because all it takes is one person to feel bullied and sue and sue the tech company for allowing that hateful, bigoted content on their site. Conservatives and libertarians will pay the price. We will pay the price. A hundred percent. We see this all the time. Let's say, for example, you go on social media and you post something about how annoying all the pride flags are in June, because they are. It's so annoying how these companies pander during Pride Month. And let's say you post a video like that mom did showing that they have tuck onesies and uh, excuse me, it bathing suits at Target and pride onesies, and that goes viral. Well, now somebody says, I feel intimidated, I feel bullied because I'm gay, and I sue, I'm going to sue Twitter for $550 billion dollars. So what, what, what are these platforms going to do? Maybe not Twitter because of Elon Musk, but what are the other ones going to do? They're going to say, I don't want to get sued. So if you post anything that we deem that could be viewed as being bullied or bigoted or anything else, we're taking it down. Without protections for the speech that other people say on those platforms, social media will be a place that censors conservative and libertarian thought. Mark my words on this. It'd be the equivalent of saying, All right, somebody goes to a park and says things, even though they have a First Amendment right to say it, but we're going to sue the pants off whoever owns that park because they allow the speech to occur. So that park owner is going to be sued. And this is is why we have said no, you shouldn't be able to sue comedy clubs. If a, if a comedian says something and offends somebody, you should not be able to 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 sue uh, venues that host controversial speakers. But what do the venues do? They turn around and cancel speakers. Why? Because they're afraid of getting sued. Because there really is no protection for them if somebody feels like they were there and they're bullied. And they also don't want to deal with the outrage mob and everything else. But you take away Section 230 and watch how social media becomes the... Exact thing that the corporate media is, which is a place designed to ensure that the narrative of the left is the only narrative you hear and see, period, for the children, for the sake of the children. Call somebody an illegal immigrant, call somebody an illegal immigrant on social media. If Section 230 goes away and watch what happens to you, it will be taken down because you will have engaged in something that is offensive and hurtful. And somebody who's an illegal immigrant could see that and feel bad and sue you for bullying and sue the tech platform for bullying. And, you know, and if that if that person, God forbid, takes his own life because he didn't like the fact that you called him an illegal. Now, the tech company's going to get sued. The family's going to sue you. See what a mess this would be. But here's Durbin. He wants to get rid of it.
12: 26 words in current law are mean that these companies often can't be sued. And that's known as Section 230. It sounds complex, but it's not really. It basically says they're not media companies. They can't be held liable for what is put on their platforms. I know you don't want to get rid of it, but how can it be changed so that kids are protected and there is responsibility and ownership for some of this stuff?
13: Well, if the industry believes, and I think they're coming to the belief, that they have to do something significant, significant that makes a difference. Otherwise, Section 230 is on the block. Uh, I'm not going to protect 230 at the expense of these children.
2: If these uh, leaders in industry are willing to come forward with significant, meaningful... You see how they always go, the children, for the children, for the children? Lindsey Graham compares uh, tech platforms to cigarettes. To cigarettes. This is what he also said yesterday.
10: We had cigarettes killing people. We did some about it. Maybe not enough. You're going to talk about guns. We have the ATF. Nothing here. There's not hey, a
2: senator. I got news for you. We don't want the ATF. The ATF is a ridiculous federal agency with massive overreach into people's lives. And they come up with regulations that wind up making people criminals who have otherwise legal products. They do that whenever they feel like it. I mean, we we're literally dealing with that at the very moment right now with an ATF regulation that that we are trying to fight because the ATF has no authority to come up with this regulation. And they did it because they feel like, well, we got to keep people safe. Lindsey Graham sounds just like a liberal here. He sounds like a liberal a lot. He sounds like a, a, a liberal quite a bit, does he not? I mean, Lindsey, this guy is all over the place. He, he really is, especially, of course, when it comes to war, obviously, But here's, I'll just give you this, okay? Biden gun rule being drafted to effectively ban private sales. According to ATF whistleblowers, an agency that Lindsey Graham just lauded in front of the Senate, a watchdog group is demanding documents from the Biden administration after whistleblowers alleged that a regulation is under development that would effectively ban private gun sales. The group in Power Oversight said Wednesday that the two sources have claimed that the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives... Is preparing to propose a rule requiring background checks for most or all gun sales, which would which would destroy private gun sales. It would end private gun sales. That's what they want. That's what they want to do. Biden said so. Uh, By the way, one of my favorite shirts ever that I saw, it says alcohol, tobacco, firearms and explosives should be a convenience store, not a government agency. Obviously, by explosives, they were meaning fireworks, and they, they, I actually saw the shirt before they changed the name. It was back when it was really the original ATF—Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. But, the, but this, but Lindsey Graham sounds like a freaking liberal here, you know, lauding these government agencies, lauding regulation. I guess we didn't go far enough on smoking. Oh, you want to ban that now? Why not ban cigars? Why not ban? Why not ban tobacco and jet? Ge- why not? Because well, because bans always work. Bans work. Nobody ever buys things on the black market. Look how the ban on drugs has gone. Terrific. I don't know anyone who does drugs. I don't know anyone anywhere who does drugs. Because the war on drugs was a smashing success. It ended drugs as we know it. So please stop with this nonsense. Stop, stop with, the, with sounding like big government liberals. Like, when Republicans do this, it infuriates me. Josh Hawley sounds like a big government liberal is what he sounds. Progressive. I shouldn't say liberal. Big government progressive. So did Ted Cruz yesterday. So did Lindsey Graham yesterday. Lindsey Graham sounds like that most days, mind you. Here, keep going with this.
10: One thing anybody can do about it, you can't be sued. Now, Senator Blumenthal and Blackburn, who've been like the dynamic duo here, have found emails from your company where they warned you about this stuff. And you decided not to hire 45 people that could do a better job of policing this.
2: Oh, no. So now we're going to have the government going after the hiring practices of businesses. They, again, this is exactly what the Biden administration wants. They want to take over the Internet via the means of equity and take over. I mean, this is what they've been trying to do for years. Look, these companies spent a lot of time yesterday saying we are trying to do everything we possibly can to end child sex exploitation. And obviously, we all 100% agree that needs to be rooted out, of course. But there was no concrete accusation yesterday that these people knew about it and allowed it to occur. What we got back to again, as usual, was words and words that hurt people and actions by people that hurt people, but then holding the company responsible versus the individual, which is what every single leftist sounds like whenever there's a shooting in this country. The gun is the problem. The gun manufacturer needs to be sued. The gun manufacturer needs to pay. The CEO of Smith & Wesson should stand up and apologize to all these families. When Josh Hawley said that yesterday about Mark Zuckerberg, I thought, you know what, man? You sound like every liberal, every progressive, every kook. What they'd love to do to the CEO of, of Smith & Wesson, have them stand up and apologize to everyone who's, who's ever been shot by a gun, who's lost a loved one for, because of a gun. Stand up. Apologize. So are Republicans the party now that blames corporations for the actions of people who are doing something illegal with their product, something that is knowingly illegal? Are we, is, that, is that what the Republican Party is going to be now? Is the Republican Party going to be the party that now wants to see the government have more control over what you say online so that, the, so that big tech, out of fear of lawsuits, will start censoring anything that's remotely controversial? You see how these companies get. They run from controversy. They run. That's why Media Matters of America targeted Twitter in that deceptive way that it did by by finding content of these fugazi neo-Nazis spouting hatred on the platform, following only those people and then following the accounts of The Washington Post and The New York Times and others so that they could see those tweets side by side, screenshot it, send it to them and say, hey, here's where your ad is appearing next to this wacko neo-Nazi guy. And the companies run for the hills. They don't want to be near that stuff. So you don't think these companies are going to start censoring anything that they deem to be hateful, bigoted, misogynistic, transphobic, whatever, out of fear of lawsuits? You don't think these companies are going to turn around and decide that they don't want to allow your your crazy vaccine propaganda, your anti-vaccine propaganda, you kook, because somebody may listen to you and die? Or your talk about ivermectin or your talk about whatever else. Hydroxychloroquine? Well, we're not gonna allow you to post about hydroxychloroquine because if somebody takes it and dies, we're gonna get sued. So we're no, we're not gonna allow you to post about it. We're taking it down. And no, you can't criticize Asanto Fauci, Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor. You always have to say that by law. You can't. Because he's saving people and you're killing people. You're killing people. Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, Dick Durbin, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, Marsha Blackburn, they all sounded exactly like the same person yesterday. And it made my head want to explode. They sounded exactly like every progressive who wants more government and less conservative speech wants to hold gun manufacturers responsible. And they sounded, most importantly, like this guy, when he came out on the White House lawn a couple years ago and looked the cameras in the eye after demanding the social media to do something.
8: COVID, what's your message to platforms like Facebook?
11: They're killing people. I mean, it really. They're, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated,
2: and that, and, they're, and they're killing people. You're killing people. How is that? How? Tell me, tell me, because I'm I'm not smart. How is this any different? Any different from what this guy said yesterday?
10: You and the companies before us. I know you don't mean it to be so, but you have blood on your hands. You have a product.
2: How is it any different?
10: You have a product.
2: Oh, these people make me sick with their grandstanding nonsense. All right, 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich By the way, this is the big story of the day today, brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. My dentist, my buddy, my friend. We got more to come, including... No charges for the insurrection. But seriously, if you have any thoughts on this topic, I'd love to get them. So Matt DeSantis, make sure you are answering the phones. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Coming right back.
3: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
5: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app
2: there's a uh, very strange story out of montana i gotta i gotta tell you it's really amazing to me the, this couple lost uh, custody of their 14 year old daughter and they say the reason why is because they opposed her transitioning her gender transition you go montana what's up with that montana how's that possible by the way if you want to weigh in on the social media stuff 855-839-1210 answer the phones to Sanist. i know they're ringing off the hook they're not ringing
6: yet because you've conditioned people not to call, but uh, oh. maybe I'm partially responsible for that.
2: But anyway, yeah, call in. I'm, I'm here waiting. He's standing by. <laughs> Operators are standing by. When I saw this story in the New York Post, I thought, all right, this, gotta, this is Montana. I mean, you got a Republican governor, Greg Gianforte. He's a solid guy. What's going on here? But he actually defended uh, the parents losing custody of their kid. He told... Um, Whatever the um, local paper is out there. Children's rights to grow up in a happy, healthy home with loving families are not always realized. Upon hearing recent allegations related to a child welfare case, I asked Lieutenant Governor Kristen Joris, an experienced attorney, constitutional conservative mother and grandmother, to review it. Consulting with the director of DPHHS and personally examining case documents, Lieutenant Governor Joris has concluded that the child welfare people and the courts have followed state policy and law in their handling of this tragic case. Governor Gianforte continued noting that a Montana law prohibiting medical gender transitions for minors is the law of the land. He said, our administration will continue to advance policies that strengthen our families and protect Montana kids like what we have done to promote adoption and to ban permanent invasive life altering medical procedures on children like puberty blockers, hormonal treatments and sex reassignment surgeries. My spotty sense tells me there's more to the story about why these parents lost custody of their kid than, than the gender transition stuff. But because of confidentiality and everything else, there's not much you, the governor can say, is my guess, my sense. Because I have a hard time believing that guy would let one of his state agencies take away, a kid away from their parents because the parents oppose their gender transition. So... I think it's one of those things we got to watch for right there, but I'm, 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 it doesn't seem, I don't know, my spot, my, my, my fugazi sense, my spidey sense is there's more to the story here, which obviously given the confidentiality to protect the kid, you really, the state can't say anything publicly in a lot of those cases. So interesting. I'm sure more will come out on that. Um a matter of time, Trump spoke about the border. He talked about how Biden doesn't need any new laws. And Biden doesn't need any new laws. He's got all the laws he has, all the power he needs. He doesn't need any more uh, new new laws. None of it. None of it. So let's take a listen to uh, President Trump. Take a listen.
5: Matt? He's on the phone. He's working on it. Oh, it's not
2: oh, working. Oh, sorry.
6: Hang on. I'm having a computer issue. Oh, well,
2: say again. something. Remember, we don't just do
6: dead air. I, I clicked it and I just let it roll, but I'm We've on the phone. We've been through with, this. I'm on the phone with somebody. I actually can't hear what's happening right now, but hang on. All right. Listen now. Let me know if okay. you hear anything. Uh,
9: and we will finish it up. But right now, a lot of the progress that we made, whether it's on the border, because we had the safest border ever, and now we have the worst border ever. And I mean anywhere. There's never been a border like this ever in the world what's happening at our border. And I hope the Republicans don't and the Democrats don't make a bad border deal because a bad border deal would be worse than no deal at all. You don't need a deal to tighten up the border and to make it secure. I had this most secure border in history. I didn't have a deal. I didn't have a bill. I said no people are coming in, no drugs are coming in. We don't want to have uh human trafficking, which nobody even talks about. That is the number one you take a look at that border today, human trafficking is up 114 percent. They say 114 uh, percent. You wouldn't have that. We were working so hard on human trafficking. You know, it's a horrible thing. You think of it as a, sort of an ancient crime. It's not ancient because of the internet. It's a tremendous money for for the people that do it. A tremendous money maker. None of that. You would have had none of that. And uh, now you look at what's happening. The numbers are astronomical.
2: Mike is in Hamilton. Mike, how are you doing? What's going on? Yo, Rich. I'm, What's up, Mike? How you doing? Great.
8: Hey, I'm coming over tonight. Uh, question one, number one, which I asked the sanctimonious there. Uh, where are you guys going pregame?
2: W- where pre- are we going? Pre, pre- gaming? I I don't know if there's any pre gaming that'll actually be happening. I don't, maybe a, a parking lot uh, tailgate. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I don't know. Despite my my, despite Give me my bluster, I, I, I try I wanna... to av- I, I try to avoid drinking before I go on stage. Believe it or not. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. You know.
8: Well. There are other people who don't, so I would like to meet Kale and buy him a drink. So if you could call me back, have somebody call me back, let me know where you guys are going to be. No,
2: no problem, Mike. We'll be right do on have that. A comment. Okay.
8: I do have a comment, by the way. Uh, you know, as far as earlier you were talking about polls, and I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh religiously, and... Rush always said that, don't pay attention to the polls, because it depends on how they ask the questions, who they poll, and all the, po- the purpose of the polls right now are to steer you in a direction and to try to pick our candidate, a.k.a. Nikki Haley, okay? You don't really know what the polls say until right before the election. That is when they're honest, because they don't want to ruin their rep- reputations.
2: Well, there are seven polls right now showing Donald Trump having a lead in all of the seven swing states. So what what, what is the purpose of the pollsters lying with those polls?
8: To... to uh push the polls in a certain direction or to make you feel more confident that you don't have to worry about it you don't have to go to the polls you don't have to uh, pre-vote uh, I know, with I a don't know.
2: I, you don't I, have to I, do any of that I, I, the lead's not that big we're talking three points i mean turnout's going to be everything but i uh, look i hear your point mike and thanks for coming tonight we'll see you tonight buddy drive safe i hear your point and and rush was talking about it's a I could do a whole segment on polling. I could do a whole show on polling. There are lots of different kind of polls out there. But when you look at the outlier polls, when you look at the polls of the swing states, I always tell you, forget national polls. And and yeah, sure, politicians can... I mean, pollsters can manipulate polls all the time. No question about it. Trump has been consistently leading, beating Joe Biden in all seven of these swing state polls. All all seven of them. And it's... um, it's February. There, there, there's no upside to faking it. It doesn't it, it doesn't do anything to help fake it at this point other than they want Joe Biden out of the race. But I mean, that's, you know. And I, I, I tend to believe these polls. I don't believe national polls. I don't believe polls of registered voters. And unlike other hosts, I actually take the time to read the polling data. I look at the cross tabs. I, I do all those things. I do my research on this stuff. So seven... Two separate polls showing that Trump has a lead in seven, the, the seven states that will decide the presidential election. All right. Uh, in fact, Matt, I pulled a clip, which I'm going to play a little bit later in the show. And this is going to, I'm going to wait for this, but I, I, I saw a clip on Meet the Press Daily, I guess. I don't know. They, they, the show's on like every five minutes. I think they have a Meet the Press channel now. And I'm, <laughs> anyway. I literally, you get your Meet the Press fix at any moment you want it, at any moment,
6: you know? They have Meet the Press daily, and now Chuck Todd has his own, like, version of the show as well, even though they booted him.
2: Yeah, Chuck Todd dancing on ice, I believe, is the... Um, <laughs> you're going to hear uh, Meet the Press talk to a group of Pennsylvania women. And all of these women in this group support, quote-unquote, abortion rights. And every single one of these women in the group, with the exception of one is voting for Trump. This is Meet the Press, not Breitbart, not, you know, Daily Callers. Shocking. I'm going to play that for you a little, a little bit later. That's what we call a tease in the business. That is a radio tease. Dan is in Havertown. Hello, Dan. Hello, Rich. Uh, yeah, I, I have to sue you on, on, um,
14: on behalf of Mr... Uh... Uh, Matt, your, uh, your producer there Because uh, you hurt his feelings And you hurt my feelings when you yell at people So, that's all Now, uh, on a serious note uh, You were saying about the uh, the bathrooms uh, I'm a plumber by trade In Haverford township You cannot have um, on new buildings uh, Any kind of new construction You cannot have a men's room And a women's room They have to be blank on the outside Stop I'm serious Seriously? Yes, oh, Yep. Man. we did. I, I... We did a building, a project years ago, and you could not have a uh, men's room or women's room on the outside. I, I don't even think they can say bathroom or restroom. What do they say? Uh, they're, they're blank. There's there's nothing. There's nothing on the outside. What if
2: I wind up peeing in the janitor's closet by mistake? I need, I need a sign that, of the door. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. I, I know. A it's need Dan, something to tell me where I'm going. Oh, I know. I know. I, I hear
14: you. I, I don't know if they changed it, but I uh, he told me my old boss told me, no, you cannot have a men's and women's room on the outside. And I asked him, where are we going to put the urinal? And he just kind of looked at me like with a funny face.
2: Urinals, if you can find one, buy one, hang on to them. There will be artifacts one day that they'll find thousands. of Oh, years yeah. From now.
14: I, I, oh, I, I have lots of them. I'm uh, going to start selling them on the black market and I'll, I'll make you a good deal. <laughs> Let me get a good deal on one. I'll Thanks, install Marty. in your house. Every bathroom in your house, Rich.
2: Let I'm me well. know. I will call Dan. I will. I will keep that in mind. I appreciate it, buddy. You have a great day, okay. and uh, thanks for listening to the show. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Take a quick break. When we come back. Uh, there's there's a ton of stuff I got to get to regarding immigration, including Pramila Jaypal saying, "Please stop calling people illegal. Please, it's mean." But I want to tell you about Cooper University Healthcare. They are South Jersey's leading academic health system for a reason. Look, you got to understand. The entire Zioli family, we trust our medical care to Cooper. Baby Reagan was born at Cooper Hospital. I had my diverticulitis surgery at Cooper. And there's a Cooper facility near you. They just did a major renovation of the Morristown Mall. Beautiful facility there. And with over 75 specialties, Cooper University Healthcare is there for your family every step of the way. Here's the other thing, too the MD Anderson Cancer Center at Cooper is changing the game, saving lives with new cutting-edge research and really absolutely striking a line through cancer. And the Cooper Neurological Institute doing amazing work on stroke and dementia. And there's a Cooper Urgent Care Center near you as well. You're going to see emergency room physicians and nurses at Cooper Urgent Care for all of life's everyday urgent care needs. That's what separates Cooper Urgent Care from all the other urgent care places out there, where a lot of times you get doctors and I don't know. But no, these are the top of the line people who work at the level one trauma center. In, at Cooper Hospital. So you can trust them for all of your family's urgent care needs as well. Cooper University Healthcare. Get an appointment today by calling 1-800-8-COOPER. 1-800-8-COOPER or cooperhealth.org. Thanks
1: for listening to the Cioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app.
2: All right, don't go crazy, though. We're not going to do the open phone thing all the time. Let's not go nuts
6: here. You said screen everything, so now you just got a a board filled with calls, and
2: some of them are not on topic. No, I can clearly see that. (laughs) It's very obvious. Like, one call on topic, and that's it. Uh, And let me go to to that that person first, since he's actually calling on the topic and not calling to talk about drinking. Uh, Nick is in Springfield. Nick, how you doing? Good. How about yourself? Okay. So... Um, I would just wanted to say
15: that I, I, I feel you're wrong on this uh, social media stuff, what's going on now. Um, and comparing them to guns. Because like the gun manufacturer, they make a, a product, they sell them to a licensed distributor or store, whatever you want to call it, and then they sell them. Whereas social media, people go on there and start posting stuff onto their sites. They, they, they can stop who's posting bad stuff. Like the girl over, I think it was Jersey, um, they could have stopped that. You know, they, they sit there. If I go on searching for sneakers, I get ads for six months. Um, you know, so if they can do that, if they can control what we're talking about, like during the election, hiding things and all that kind of stuff, they can surely have a program that red flags something. They have a team that looks at it right away. And then if it's good, fine. If it's, if it's you know, underage kid getting beat up, they pull it right away, and, you know, yeah. and report it. So,
2: and if it's I, not I an underage kid getting if, it, they, if it's not an underage kid getting bullied, but it's an adult getting bullied, what about that?
15: Um, yeah, I think they should still look at it and say, wait a minute, is this something?
2: All right, and define know, that, define bullying. Yeah. What's what's what is what is bullying?
15: Well, I guess you know, really, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, just just really putting somebody down. they not putting somebody down. I don't have the right words. I'm not as good as you are. you um, You know, you're, where you're really just really making. You're, you're what what doing, if I what you're, if, you're I, what if really I tell what if
2: I tell somebody who's uh, transgender? I don't I don't believe that they're actually a man, or they're actually a woman.
15: That that's that, that's an yeah. That I think that's different. It, it's where you're really sitting there making no no so much no. Wait a second. Wait wait see. wait so wait, wait, wait wait
2: wait. Because uh, because wait. the left the left thinks that that's bullying. I'm, I'm misgendering right. somebody. That's bullying. Do you do you agree? Yeah. No, I don't think you're bullying. No, no. So what? But what if the committee thinks that it is? Oh. Uh, I-
15: Right. That's where the. Now I see what you're saying. That's, that's where we have a problem. It, you know, if they're controlling everything we uh, say and watch and so on. I, I'm more concerned about, like I say, that story that was out there with that poor young girl. Oh, and oh, it happens all awful, the time, there, there are Somebody terrible kidding.
2: stories, and there are terrible things that people who buy guns from licensed gun dealers do, too. And I don't want to go after the gun dealers right. any more than I, the gun manufacturers. Right. So, I mean, you know, it, that's not my point. My point is the individual. But do you think illegal immigrants are illegal? Or are they migrants? What do you think is the right way to to refer to them?
15: If they came in without the proper, you know, getting their visas and things like that, they're illegal.
2: And then when the bullying committee decides, you can't say that because it's bu- that's mean. It's bullying. Yeah. You know. I
15: right. I I still think we can control some of the stuff. I guess maybe we got to make sure who's. Like, how about who's if somebody? How, how about if somebody's
2: bullying somebody, and, and then and 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 they break the law. We just hold that person accountable in the criminal court system versus having a speech police go after me and you and everybody else because they don't like what we're saying because we've now opened the door to the government deciding what constitutes bullying or not.
15: Yeah. And well, and that's what we just went through with the election where they're saying, oh, this is misinformation. Let's take it down and, and all that. Right. I, I guess, it's,
2: you know, it's and whose information you know, did they take Al- down? It wasn't information the left was posting, was it? It was information we right, were posting. No. So. you think
15: Al Gore would have really figured this out before he invented it. <laughs> you know?
2: Thanks, Nick. Have a great day, buddy. I appreciate Thank you listening. You. you too. All right. You take care. Uh, all right. This is definitely not a topic. Mike's an ambler. Yes, Mike. All right. So wait, I could
13: jump to, on topic real quick, if you don't mind. Um I agree. Once, once you start uh, censoring, where do you stop and who are the people doing the censoring? It's not an easy thing to be a parent or a grandparent and deal with this issue with kids. But again, once you open up that door, you can't close it, right? Yeah, well so said. Well
2: I, said. I agree. I
13: don't, I don't agree with that at all. And then the other thing I was really calling about is I, I would like to get on that list because you're going to call people to say where you're tailgating tonight because me and a bunch of buddies want to come. We're right in <laughs> Ambler, so we could meet you over there. You know what I mean. So, so we, when you call those people, just make sure I'm on the list. <laughs> no problem, Mike. You're in. You're in. I mean, wait. One last thing, real quick. When are you going to give out the magic word for for the trip that you're offering off on your on your uh, radio show? Yeah, when I forgot. Are you that
2: this, out? We, we're 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 uh, working on production for our contest. Okay, where you all win an right. all expenses paid a trip around Camden with my, my buddy Frank's boat with a. Uh, hot dog and a pretzel but you got to buy you got to bring your own plates and napkins and alcohol and food too but yeah but i think it's okay. going to be a, a hit all right so you'll right, be giving mike, out the we'll, word we'll the magic start the word, word of the day soon. contest tomorrow okay all right thank you mike for reminding us Desantis. we got to work on some production all right henry we need some production here
5: <laughs> see what i can do By the i way, trust you you should yes. go to gym. Speaking of contest.
2: Uh, J- Jim's in Philly. Jim, your caller twelve. What's up, buddy?
11: I am self-identifying myself as the twelfth caller for the canoe trip.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna start that tomorrow. We 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 totally forgot about it, and we got to do production and whatnot. We got to get a word. We got to do the whole thing. Uh, but but you're well, on you're on the list, all right, Jim?
8: Yeah, because the Disney thing is way too woke for me. I, I gotta. <laughs> yeah. I,
2: I can't do that. I get it. I mean, our 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 cruise is not going to be woke. It's an anti-woke cruise, an anti-woke boat ride. It's not a cruise. A, I got to be real clear here. It's, a, it's an 18-foot dinghy, and I'm not even sure the thing is seaworthy. But nevertheless, there's nothing woke about it. You know what I mean? Awesome. I, I can All right, wait. Jim. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, got to take a quick break, but I'm coming right back. Dr. Mike Venaria is our sponsor of the big story of the day today, which uh, is the social media stuff. And I appreciate your thoughts on it. Weigh in and uh, tell me if you think we should have some sort of government um, censorship committee to protect the children. I gave you my thoughts on it. Give me yours. And uh, no person is illegal. Wait till you hear what Pramila J. Powell says about this. Exactly what I mean about when you talk about Speech police. She will get up and lecture you about that. And Pennsylvania women don't think abortion is the issue that the corporate media is telling you that it is. And they think they're voting for Donald Trump, despite the fact that they support abortion as an issue. Because it's not the issue the corporate media tells you that it is. We're coming right back.
1: Rich only weekday afternoons, three to seven, talk radio twelve ten, WPHT, and on the free odyssey app. OGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is The Drive at 5. 30 minutes
2: of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Walgreens is being accused of racism for closing some of their stores. That's right. Ariana Presley, the congresswoman, member of the squad, lunatic, says they're racist for closing down, even though the neighborhoods are besieged by crime. And Gavin Newsom tattletales on a worker. In California. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Thanks for being here today on a Thursday. Just a programming note. I'll be turning it over to my buddy Michael Pelka at 6 o'clock. Heading over to Parks Casino for comedy night tonight. Hope to see you there. 855-839-1210 is our number and on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Since I did put the phone number out there and since a number of people have been waiting through the break, let me go to Mary in Wilmington. Mary, thank you for calling.
16: Yes. Um, thank you. I am Mary and I am. I spy with my little eye in Wilmington, Delaware. Biden's home again. OK. And because um, I, ca- you know, I'm a teacher uh-huh. and I will tell you I'm going to be on topic. And there are illegal aliens that come across here. And uh, with a teacher, uh, with the critical race theory, you know, they 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 are what they are. If you're a man you're a man. if you're a boy you're a boy you know so I am there my parents came my last name is Homza uh, from Russia. my dad I never met my dad my dad's parents came from Russia. They came the legal way they got hosed down and all kinds of tests. My mothers grandmother's from Warsaw Poland. They were in El Island they did the same thing so it's legal. And illegal, and I call them illegal aliens. So that's my part on the on topic, kind of, sorta. Of. But Biden's home again. That's, that's
2: Biden's home in Delaware again. That. Yeah. Well, let's hope oh, he stays yeah. there. All right. Thank you, Mary. You know, I appreciate it. You have welcome. a great day, and thank you for being the, yes. our spy on the ground. We appreciate you very much. Yes. yes. You're welcome. Uh, uh, you bet. Heavy is in Huntington Valley. What's up, Heavy?
0: <laughs> what's up, Heavy?
11: Yeah. What's up, Rich? Got, I, I, I gotta say, watching, uh, I I really like Josh Hawley, but that was that was absolutely cringeworthy seeing him seeing him do that. I'm not, I'm not a uh, Mark Zuckerberg apologist of all, but for somebody who literally doesn't do anything to I don't know maybe uh, take the power out of Mitch McConnell's hands or. Uh, Do anything that actually, you know, helps American citizens instead of continuing to sign off on bills for more people to get killed in Ukraine. I I just I just thought that was absolutely ridiculous. And for them to act like more government censorship is somehow the answer. Like what drives me nuts is all these people, all they do Every one, of their, every one of their answers is just more government involvement. It's never, how about maybe let's make some policy that makes people happy or gives people the ability to make more money so, so they don't have to come to government for help. It, it just drives me nuts because it's just...
2: It's just like well, they want. They be want be like people to come forever. to government for help. It's what they want. But you're right. Look, jo- Josh Hawley's grandstanding was uh, was beneath him, in my opinion, and he sounded he sounded exactly like an idiot. Yeah, it was people just fucking... yeah, it was bad. Heavy, thanks, bud. I gotta I gotta run, but I appreciate the call. It's just you know. Uh, it, again, we have to just be very careful of this reflexive need to say, you know, for the children, we turn to government and the whole thing about, you know, kids dying. I know it's awful. I mean, there, there's bullying in real life There's bullying in the cyber life. It's 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 terrible. It's bad. I get it. I understand. I'm not I'm not tone deaf to that fact, but it's just that I, I these people remind me of the Democrats who stand up and scream. You have blood on your hands to the gun industry. You know, they, they, they stand up and scream, you know, how many more children? Uh, how many more dead kids do we need until we ban assault rifles or you know, raise the age to buy a firearm to twenty five or they they come up with uh, they they basically then take away the freedom of law-abiding people who haven't done anything wrong. and and it's the same thing with trying to regulate the internet. you You wind up people who are going to do something bad, whether it's bully another kid. And I got bullied in school, whether it's bullying another kid, whether it is trying to rip somebody off in a financial scam. The bad guys always find a way around whatever government workaround is in place. And most of the stuff that we're talking about here, you know, extorting a kid because they have naked pictures of them. That's already illegal. I mean, there's already it's already a crime against that. And yet somebody still did it. And then we want to hold the platform responsible for a crime committed by somebody. It's the same thing as holding is blaming the gun. I mean, you know, murder's illegal, yet people still kill people with guns. But we we've decided, I think correctly, I'm not going to blame this object. I'm going to blame the person. And so that's the you know, that's the, the issue. I mean, these Republicans, I, I get it. There's a lot of their constituents who are Republican moms and dads who are very concerned about their kids, but just remember, on the other side of that, Moms Across America, also for the children, you know, how many more children is it going to take until we do something about the evil NRA? You know, how many more children is it going to take until we limit magazine capacity to 10, 10 bullets? You know, how many more dead children is it going to take until we um, you know, raise the age to buy a firearm to 25? Or w- whatever their solutions are, you know, whatever their ideas are, it's always prefaced by, how many more children are going to die, you know, until we take action? And just when Republicans start sounding like that, I just, I just think it, it, it's hard to tell them apart, quite frankly. Uh, all right. Uh, other things to get to today. And thank you for that. Excellent calls. We are now at our call quota. We don't have to take any more calls now for, I think, the rest of uh, February. Fantastic. We nailed it on the first day. Until the contest, at least. Well, until our contest comes up, the canoe the canoe contest. So I think we're revising it is if we'll do our keyword of the day and then you'll win a chance to go on a canoe ride with me, dressed as George Washington, as we recreate the Christmas Eve crossing of the Delaware, where, of course, the the army went on Christmas Eve night and killed a bunch of Hessians, because that's how America rolls. <laughs> We'll go Christmas Eve. We'll go Christmas Eve and kill you. We'll come kill you on Christmas Eve. That's America, baby. And we may recreate that. I will dress like George Washington, and five lucky winners will get to join me on the canoe as we recreate <laughs> that Christmas Eve crowded. of 2024. What's
6: that? I said, that's a little crowded.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's not a round trip either. You have to get your <laughs> yourself home. So. You gotta don't, take
6: care of that. And don't forget the generous food package you offered yesterday of one hot dog and one pretzel for everyone to share.
2: Yeah, I got I got a note back that because of gluten Uh-oh. intolerance, Uh-oh. yeah, and also peanut allergies. I don't even know. We can't <laughs> can't do any of that. So, uh, darn. yeah, but it's still going to be great, and it's not going to be woke. So. You know, in fact, the whole the whole time or they are going to we're going to chant. Let's kill the Hessians, because I don't know if George Washington and the soldiers did that. They're probably trying to be quiet that night, I'm assuming. But we don't have to be quiet so we can all yell like, come on, Hessians, it's Christmas Eve and you're going to die because that we're America. That's how we roll. And it'll be fun. Actually, I really want to do this now. I don't know where I'm going to be for Christmas Eve, though. That's the only problem. And I don't want to do it. Crossing the Delaware, I just really you know what I mean I oh you I, I think admire. George Washington wanted to okay fair that's a fair point you're you're calling me out, Henry rightfully so I'm just saying you're right when else are you going to get those Hessians you're right he didn't want to cross the Delaware in a cold frozen Christmas Eve night he wanted to be in front of the fire with hot cocoa watching it's a wonderful life or <laughs> home alone like everybody else <laughs> at Mount Vernon <laughs> Yes, at Mount Vernon. Correct. He wanted. He wanted to go beat the bad, the real bad guy, Uncle Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, so Pramila J. Powell is a hideous human being. She really is a lunatic whack job member of the squad. And they had this this bill to deport illegals convicted of DWI. Remember, illegal, so it's a crime. DWI, there are many countries around the world that take DWI far more serious than the United States of America does, just for the record. But if you're here illegally and you are convicted of driving under the influence, the bill would say you're deported. Now, if I'm here illegally, that's gonna be a big incentive for me not to drive drunk, because I don't wanna get deported. Right? I mean, isn't that, like, if I'm, here, if I'm in this country illegally and I'm time went on with my buddies at the bar, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, in addition to possibly I could kill somebody and kill myself, I, I don't wanna get deported, so maybe I'll Uber at home tonight. But instead of thinking about that, because now we live in a day and age where people can call Uber or Lyft or whatever. And, and so I'm, I'm in this country illegally. I've been here 20 years. Cause that's what happens the sob story will come out. You know, this guy's been here 20 years. He's got kids and now you're going to deport him because he's here illegally and it's awful. And well, the, maybe the guy should sit there and think to himself, I've had too many to drink. I don't want to get deported. So I'm going to Uber home, but also maybe at some point the guy says, I'm here illegally and I want to clear this up and figure this out and maybe try to, make this legal. I mean, there's always that option too. But anyway, Pramila J. Powell is more concerned as usual about the word choices that you use, the words. And this is what I mean about bullying. And this is why I got to be very careful here because it's, like I said, it's very easy. We all agree that somebody telling a girl who's 16 years old that she looks fat is bullying. And if that poor girl gets depressed and, you know, winds up taking her life, it's awful. And it's very easy to stand up and scream and say, Facebook should have taking that down. But the problem is number one, you can't monitor everything that's said at all times on the internet. And number two, what if the person had said something else to that girl that led her to get depressed and take her own life, like saying something to the effect of you're in this country illegally and you and your family should go back to Mexico. I mean, is that, is that bullying or is that a political opinion? Literally it depends on who you ask. There's no answer to it. It depends on who you ask. If a, 16 year old man, boy, a boy who's transitioning to be a woman uh, is is told by one of his classmates, dude, you're not a woman. You're a guy. And then he gets depressed and kills himself. Is that bullying? Again, it it just depends on who you ask. And that's the problem. I don't want to ask because I know the answer. I know the answer of what the speech police are going to tell me. And you know it, too. So now the whole platform gets sued and the and the kids in trouble and the parents are in trouble. And why? I, all I did was just say a scientific fact. You're not a girl. You're a guy. What, what, what did I do that's wrong? Well, you bullied you bullied her. No, I didn't. I just said you're not a girl. Sh- he's not. See what I mean? It is a very, very, very dangerous game we're playing here with the speech police. But anyway, here's Pramila j Powell on the House floor, cut six.
17: Are we really saying that we think the best use of our very limited federal government resources is to work on deporting a green card holder who decided to sleep in their car rather than drive home drunk from a bar? A green card holder not trying to drive drunk, just trying to stay warm? I certainly don't think that's a good use of our resources. It's certainly not a good use of our time on this floor. But my colleagues on the other side of the aisle have made it clear that they're not interested in sensible solutions, just in sensationalism. This bill is another example of that. And I hope my colleagues will stop referring to people as illegals. People are human beings. They have different statuses. Some are undocumented. If you want to say some are illegal, but let's not call human beings illegal. Tired of that language. I urge my colleagues to reject this bill, and I yield back the balance of my time.
2: It's like the sign you see on the lawn, right? No human is illegal. We believe in this home. No human is illegal. So that'll add that to the bullying, the bullying uh, glossary. Add that in, too. I'm telling you right now, you know, I I have two daughters, so I'm acutely aware of of all the things that I've heard from parents about what their kids go through nowadays in this day and age when it comes to social media and the mean things that are said about kids. I'm I'm worried about it. and and people say to me all the time, it's going to change when you have kids. No, it's not going to change when I have kids because I, none of my views have changed. I've had kids now for nine years. My my son is nine. Patrick is is nine. Claire is seven. And Reagan is three. None of my views have changed. If anything, I want government more out of my life because I've seen the effects of what government has done during COVID to these kids. And half the reason we're even talking about a social media addiction is because the government forced these kids to have literally nothing to do all day, but be on their friggin' phones and their devices. And I and I know firsthand what government can do to make something better by forcing everybody to be in a mask, which causes further speech delays that my daughter's dealing with, for example. So, yeah, you know, in my in my years of being a parent, I've come to the conclusion every time the government sticks its head in, it makes it worse. My son the other day started reciting some of the uh, climate change propaganda he's hearing in school already. So, no, I don't I don't think, you know, for the good of the children and the good of the planet, I need government to educate my children about climate change. But, you know, for the children, we got to teach them about climate change, because otherwise, you know, they're, they're going to burn up one day and sizzle and fry. Everything is for the children. Every leftist idea in the world is for the children. Everyone... Even Justin Trudeau's dad talked about for the children of Cuba all the time. Everything he did was for the children of Cuba. Oh, where's the censorati? What's he doing, Henry? What's he doing? Sorry,
6: I'm chopping up audio. I assume you said something about uh, uh, Justin Trudeau.
2: I just assumed the censor the censorati would come in immediately. <laughs> All I said was Fidel Castro did a lot of things for the children of Cuba. It was all about the children. His whole Marxist revolution was for the children, like his son Justin.
6: Okay, that, that, that we disagree with. Uh, at The Rich is Show, we believe Justin is the son of Pierre Trudeau.
2: Allegedly. But everything Fidel Castro did was for the children. <laughs> I don't think we agree with that either. Legitimate or bastardized? <laughs> Just saying <laughs> uh now let's see here i got I gotta play this for you too um let's see there was a uh, Zoom call about mental a, me- a mental health proposition in California. And Gavin the Hare Newsom, the president-in-waiting. This guy is just waiting to get the call up from the bullpen. Am I right? I mean, he's waiting. He looks so good, doesn't he? He's so handsome. He's so handsome and so swarmy and just everything. I hate him. I do. I hate him. He's the kind of guy. I'll tell you what Gavin Newsom is. Gavin Newsom is the kind of guy you want to walk by. And just punch him in the face for no re- uh, reason, really. I mean, there's no, I can't put my finger on it exactly, but you agree with me. You know, I'm right. If you saw him, you'd be like, Ugh, and just clock, right? Everything about him, he dresses so nice. The hair is gl- flowing with all that oil he puts in it. His his carbon footprint of his hair is like 28,000 pounds of CO2. And he's, uh, and he's so, all his answers, he's so pompous and you know what I mean? I, I do, I hate him. He's just exactly the kind of guy to hate. But anyway, he ratted out a, an employee at Target and this was on this Zoom call. And thanks to Henry for finding this yesterday. Cut 10.
8: says, sir, uh, you dropped this. And he comes back, picks it up, and keeps walking out. As we're checking out, the woman says, oh, he's just walking out, he didn't pay for that. I said, well, why are you stopping? Him? She goes, oh, the governor. I swear to God, true story, and my mom's great the governor lowered the threshold there's no there's no there's no accountability there's no i said that's just not true and she i, she got, I said we have the 10th toughest 950 dollars, the 10th toughest in america she didn't even know what i was talking about by the way it's the 10th toughest in america look it up no one gives a damn about right. it. and i said it's just not true there's still stop he said well we don't stop them because of the governor and then she goes she looks at me twice and then she freaks out she calls everyone over, wants to take photos. I'm like, no, I'm not taking a photo. We're having a conversation. Where's your manager? How are you blaming the governor? And it was, you know, $380 later. And I was like, why am I spending $380? Everyone can walk the hell right out. Not fair. Not mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. It's my target. I'm, so I'm going to oh, go, go ahead and get, I get us started. I know that Mayor Gloria
18: and Mayor Breed... So it sounds
2: like the gov thought he the mic wasn't rolling, but I think he knew it was rolling. He's a smart guy, you know what that, that you know what that is right there, in his audition to run for president. If they pull Biden out, um, he wants to show everybody he can he can go you know, he can play the centrist. He can play the centrist. Because he ratted out a Target employee once. That's what that's about, you know.
6: <laughs> You're probably right, because the organization that, like, quote-unquote leaked to this audio is the San Francisco Standard, which I can't imagine is uh, is super conservative.
5: No. And no. W- what was he talking about, them being, like, the 10th toughest state? What does that mean?
2: Well, that's his point. We're super tough on crime. 10th oh, toughest? We're, yeah, was, we're the 10th toughest on crime. It was like Chuck so Fletcher. When I,
5: What's that? It's like Chuck, Chuck Fletcher, the uh, the last general manager of the Flyers, he came out last year. and He's like, you know, I think we're the fifth most improved team in the NHL. And It's like, what does that even
2: mean? Who cares? Well, Gavin Newsom wants everybody to know that that's what he's going to say on the debate stage when 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 Trump accuses him of California being a lawless hellhole, which it is. Gavin Newsom's going to turn around and go, we're the tu- we're the tenth toughest in the country. What are you talking about? That's literally what that was right there. That was leaked. He wanted it leaked. Ah, he wanted it leaked. He's not embarrassed by that. Gavin Newsom's hair wanted that out there. Telling you, (laughs) 100%. Do you think the uh, uh, hair is like in his brain? Like it talks to him? Like, the this. hair makes the decisions. The hair makes the political decisions for him, okay? It's not, it's the hair controls all. There's too much oil in there for anybody to just Whispers be able in to see. Infect. It infects his brain. I, and I told you how they'll achieve this, by the way. I mean, this is the key point. Nobody else is saying this yet, but the, the way they'll do this. Because I'm going to get into it. I have some thoughts on the fact that Biden is losing black voters big time. He's hemorrhaging black voters. And I'm going to get into that next. But uh, they hate Kamala Harris, too. So what you do is you have Justice Sonia Sotomayor resign from the Supreme Court because she hates it. And they tell her she's too old. And you have to make sure you have to make sure that you can you can have a Democrat pick your successor. They put Kamala Harris on the court. They get rid of Biden. Newsome runs. That's the plan. It's either that or Michelle Obama at the convention. These are still the two things. And I think the Newsom scenario is probably more likely because they, they don't want to risk something happening to Sotomayor and then Trump getting to appoint that seat because that's what led to the Dobbs decision being overturned. That's what led to Roe being overturned, I mean, in the Dobbs decision. So, you know, that's that's how I see this playing out. I'm not saying with 100% certainty it's going to. I just, I can definitely see that that's the way it could be. And that is the big story of the day today, brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile. Venariadental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A. He's a great, great guy. Uh, we talked about Shane Gillis earlier. You know, I, I, he got canceled from Saturday Night Live. His Trump impression's great. I'm glad he's going to be the new Bud Light spokesmodel i don't know if he can turn it around or not but if anybody can it's probably shane gillis we got to get him on the show and that's you're going to be your job matt Desantis. you got to get shane gillis on the show uh, i would love to get him on the show i think he's well then get funny. him on the show and he's from you Pennsylvania. didn't get miss america on so. i tried
6: i tried every which way to get miss america on even before she was officially miss america but i never got a response
2: you know you are a bigger victim than hunter biden i'm gonna get into that too <laughs> Jonathan Turley's piece on Hunter Biden is amazing. But you're a bigger freaking victim than he is. You know that? (laughs) Well, I I miss on a guest here or there. I I
6: can't get them all. Who have you gotten? We've had good guests all week.
2: Please. You didn't get Tulsi. This the only army got Tulsi Gabbard. I did get Tulsi. No, no, you had literally. I mean, I mean, it's literally nothing to do with it. You are the tenth best booking (laughs) producer in uh, on the station. We don't even have ten producers. Exactly. That's my point.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I've nabbed Tulsi for this show numerous times.
2: Um. Did you you have more Shane Gillis for me? What is this from? This is from Trump Dating. Did Dorenzo send this yeah, over? Yeah, Anthony Dorenzo uh, sent this to us.
6: I, I watched it. I clipped as much of it as I possibly could. It's, it's, a little, uh, it's a little filthy, but this 35 seconds are clean. Trump speed dating. All right, it's take a listen. Funny.
9: Social media. They had to take it away. I was too good. In fact, go ahead. Put it back up. Put it back up. People say, I've got bad makeup. Tana looks like someone painted her face like a clown. That's what we're going to call her. Tana, it the clown. She looks like him. She looks like she should be in a sewer bothering children. (laughs)
2: Very good.
0: That's very good. Disgusting. I'm disgusting.
9: I saw you walk in. I said, Who's this? Is this a pig? I didn't know they were letting pigs in.
19: You're a dictator.
9: (laughs) Old Sage, what a loser. (laughs) What a loser she was. (laughs) That's great.
5: That's great. You know, he, uh, that's from Gillian Keeves. That's his sketch show. Mm-hmm. Uh, with John Keevers, another like Philly area guy, uh, he made that like web page after he got kicked off SNL because he, would, you know, he needed to make skits somehow. And sure, they're all very successful.
2: That's great. I mean, that's great. I love, I love that. I love that that story because honestly, he's probably more popular because he got kicked off Saturday Night Live. Like they did him a favor by canceling him.
5: Yeah, I mean, for a long time he was going around as like the comic who got canceled before he even started.
2: And, the, and, and it's ridiculous what they canceled them for, too. His comments were the jokes. I mean, this is it. And Saturday Night Live is supposed to be a comedy show. But Saturday Night Live is not funny anymore. And it, it, he would have not been used on that show. He would have been wasted. And so instead, canceling him was the best thing because then he launches, to your point, Henry, this channel. And he does very, very well. I mean, his videos get millions of hits. Mm-hmm. Millions.
5: So and Bud Light's smart to use him because I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Protect Our Parks Yeah, it's with you know Joe Rogan, Ari Shafir and uh, Mark Norman they do a podcast every once in a while on Joe Rogan's show and part of the reason I think Bud Light went to him is that Shane drinks a lot of Bud Lights throughout the, uh, the entire recording of the podcast
2: now I have to say as far as Trump impressions go I still think that Sean Farage is better
6: I don't know that Shane Gillis one is pretty funny
2: yeah, the skit's funny, but Sean Farage, I mean, he's, I've heard him on Kale's show, and I mean, his Trump is pretty damn good. It's pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's pretty solid. He might, it might be, it might be better than Gillis. <laughs> I think Gillis is as good as it gets, personally. All right, let's do a side-by-side comparison tomorrow. We'll oh, put, it sounds good. And any and other Trump impress, impressionados who are out there. I'll be with Joe Conklin tonight, the man of a thousand voices. He does a great Trump, too. He's he, very funny. He too. does everybody. He, well, like, that's Joe's thing. I mean, Joe's thing is I do everybody. You know, I don't. I whoa, whoa, whoa! This is not. Do we have to dump that? I don't it's a family, family show. It's your minds out of the gutter, here, people. Please. Uh, I, I hate uh, everybody. I really do. I I hate. No. What?
5: Whoa! What a segue. Okay.
2: <laughs> very
18: smooth.
2: I, I just I, I, I hate these people in uh, in the media who wind up just melting down everywhere. And I was going to play this clip, but I don't want to hear ABC CBS meltdown over impeaching Mayorkas. Instead, I want to think about Terry Hatcher because they're real and they're spectacular. Terry Hatcher, Bond fame, but really Seinfeld, in my opinion. She was one of Jerry's uh, best girlfriends. They're real and they're spectacular. She said she's done with online dating. She went on a podcast called Getting getting Grilled with Curtis Stone. Everybody has a freaking podcast now. It's unbelievable. I don't know who that is. Who's Curtis Stone? Who is that? I think he's a chef. A chef? All I right. I think so, yeah. Getting Grilled with Curtis Stone on the podcast, Terry Hatcher is looking to find a boyfriend. I didn't know that. I didn't realize she was single. I'm married, but not. But you two are not. Well, DeSantis, you're basically married, and you're also, you know, you're a wuss. But Henry, I mean, if I were you, <laughs> I'd, I'd go after Terry Hatcher. How old is she now? Fifty nine. She looks damn good, though. She oh, does yeah. look very good. I mean, she looks good. She looks great. Uh, this is what she said. Take a listen. How do you date?
18: I find I it don't like, date. I I mean, I it would. Do you because know everyone
2: <laughs> wants
13: to go on a date with you. Anyone in the market is like yes. So how people do you say
18: that? And it's not true. It's that, just not on. true. I don't. I don't meet people. I I don't. I don't meet anyone.
13: I'm going through in my mind well, all my single
5: mates. If you come up with someone, up,
18: you let me know. <laughs> for real? Yeah, for real.
5: Is there an app that only lets
18: <laughs> There is, but those guys only want to date 30-year-olds. So, I mean, there oh. is that fancy app you're talking about. Right. Yeah. No, I've tried them all. <laughs> and and I tried my <laughs> latest one, I tried Hinge. You know, I thought I'm not I'm going to say to the universe that I am I am open and vulnerable and I'm putting myself out there. That's what I thought my gesture of joining the Hinge app would be. Yeah. Um And then they kicked me off. What do you mean they kicked Uh, you off? Well, they thought I was pretending to be Terry Hatcher.
2: (laughs) Now, we should if if there are any guys in the Zoli Army who are single, who would like a date with Terry Hatcher, we're going to do a contest where you're going to win a date (laughs) with Terry Hatcher.
6: That would be a great contest.
2: Win a date with Terry Hatcher, and here's how it's going to be. I'm going to do a moonlight cruise (laughs) around Camden on my buddy Frank's boat, candlelight dinner with Terry Hatcher, on the boat, if you get the keyword of the day right tomorrow on, on the show, <laughs> you can choose between a day with Terry Hatcher and a moonlit candlelit boat to Wharf Camden on my buddy Frank's Stingy, or a canoe ride with me across the Delaware as we reenact Christmas Eve during the Revolutionary War when we go kill Hessians. All right. So you, you can pick two prizes. <laughs> the key word of the day. All right. Coming up, uh, Meet the Press is shocked when Pennsylvania women say, you know what, Uh, we're voting for Trump and we don't care about abortion. And wait until you hear what Hunter Biden is doing, playing, speaking of victims, the victim card in his latest court filing. It's unbelievable. So we got all that coming up. And again, brought to you by our buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile. VenariaDental.com. We're coming right back.
1: The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app.
2: This piece by Jonathan Gurley in the New York Post is amazing. It's the best thing I've read all day today. I absolutely love it. You're going to love it, too. Uh, Welcome back. Glad you're here. I'll be getting out of here shortly to head over to Parks Casino for comedy night. I hope you will, uh, will be joining us. Hopefully, I'll get to see you there tonight. And then uh, our big event with Terry Hayes coming up next week, next Wednesday night. So Hunter Biden compares himself to a Romanoff, a migrant child and a Greek tragedy and a delusional court filing. (laughs) It's really amazing here. This is something else. Hunter Biden is is comparable to children in Japanese internment camps, to undocumented immigrants, to the murdered descendants of the czar. At least that's what he argues in a new court filing in his federal gun case, which presents Hunter as one of the most tragic figures since the fall of Troy. Literally. In a brief that borders on delusional, (laughs) Biden's lawyers say the son of the president who burned through millions from influence peddling is comparable to all those unfortunate and destitute souls. While the media has endlessly covered how Donald Trump arguments are over the top in issues such as immunity, there appears to be comparably little interest in the president's son's self-aggrandizing demand for dismissal of his criminal charges. One of the filing's main arguments is that Hunter Biden is being selectively prosecuted because of his father. Of course, Hunter profited massively from the Biden name, but now his lawyer, Abby Lowell, argues he's suffering from the burden... Of parentage. Oh, it's so hard, you see, to be the president's son, so hard to be Hunter, so hard to be a Biden, and all these enemies are targeting me. To back up this argument, Lowell cites plier v. Doe, Plyler v. Doe, a case involving the providing of free education to the children of illegal immigrants, to say that the Constitution. Prevents the government from inflicting harm on children for the conduct of their parents. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Hunter lies on this gun form because he's a drug addict, uh, breaks federal law, a law that Joe Biden supported, by the way. Joe Biden supported this law big time. And then he. Hunter Biden, they were going to give him this amazing diversion agreement. Now he's facing actual federal prison because he's such a dope and his lawyers are idiots, too, that the diversion agreement, which also would have buried all the financial crimes, blew up. Remember, I told you it's not a sweetheart deal. Don't call it a sweetheart deal. It was a cover up of the crimes of the president of the United States of America. But anyway, um, (laughs) Hunter ignores all that and says, it's just because my dad is president and this is unconstitutional. Because you can't go after me because of the crimes of my dad. That's right. Joe Biden is like an undocumented migrant father who carried his kid over the border for a better life. One can only imagine, Turley writes, the press response to any comparison of the Trump children to migrant children. Hunter also cites cases involving children born out of wedlock in need of court protection. The argument is particularly ironic since Hunter Biden fought to prevent his his daughter, Navy Joan, from using his last name. (laughs) That was rich. You Remember the whole thing with the stockings hung by the chimney with care? Except for Navy Joan. She was not there with the Biden grandchildren. And when asked about it, they didn't answer. They just eventually moved all the stockings to Camp David and said, don't worry about it. Perhaps the most insulting analogy is the treatment of Japanese children in internment camps. By the hero of the left, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Hunter quotes the dissent in the infamous Korematsu v. United States in describing how the government in that case was attempting to make an otherwise innocent act a crime merely because this prisoner is the son of parents as to whom he had no choice and belongs to a race from which there is no way to resign. It's not exactly the image that comes to mind in photos of Hunter in high-priced hotels surrounded by hookers and a smorgasbord of narcotics. You know, that smorgasbord of narcotics, though, especially is fun when you do the drugs off the stripper's backside. Just saying. But the filing gets even weirder. Hunter tells the court that it is precisely great privilege that makes children like him the target of animus for that very reason. History is replete with children of political figures being abducted and literally assassinated. And he cites the murder of the Romanov children by Russian revolutionaries, or even figuratively in literature, um, the murdering, um, Odysseus murdering the son of Crown Prince Hector when sacking Troy. There seems to be no victim in history who is not a precursor to Hunter Biden. At one point, they suggest that prosecuting Hunter for a gun charge is similar to Joe McCarthy forcing a senator to retire by threatening to reveal that his son was homosexual. Of course, that analogy admits that Hunter wrote a book about his conduct and that the gun charge is literally the law that his dad pushed for and wanted strict enforcement of because like all Democrats, they want to take away people's guns. Nevertheless, this twisted historical reference allowed counsel to remind the court that Ray Cohn worked for Joe McCarthy and later for Donald Trump. Of course, Robert Kennedy also worked for Joe McCarthy, but the Cohn connection was somehow relevant to Hunter lying on a gun form. This he wrote Ray Cohn worked for Joe McCarthy. Therefore, this is obviously selective prosecution of Hunter Biden because of what Joe McCarthy did and because of what Trump wants to do to the Bidens and something, I guess, something. Moreover, it is hard to see the selective prosecution in a case that resulted from a sweetheart deal collapsing in open court after a prosecutor admitted that he had never seen such a generous deal. Jonathan, I've told you, don't call it a sweetheart deal, buddy. As his father once said, no one F's with a Biden Whistleblowers have testified that Hunter avoided prosecution for years precisely because he was a Biden. So the motion is worth reading for its unrivaled chutzpah. Hunter even cites to Article 3, Section 3 in claiming that he is being punished for his father's position. He suggests that the framers would have been appalled after they sought to prohibit the common law corruption of blood penalty that would destroy inheritance rights of children based on their parents' crimes. Of course, the only corruption of the blood evident in the broader scandal is the corruption of influence peddlings by the Biden family for years. For the moment, it is the crimes of the son, not the father, that demand answers in federal court. It's a great piece. I love it. Fantastic. Well done. Uh, Thanks, Ed, for sending that my way. I appreciate it. But, But, you know, the thing about Hunter Biden, though, of course, is he is the ultimate victim. He really is. He's the ultimate victim. And I got to admire the guy, too. Because he has no problem playing the victim card. None whatsoever. Biden's got a black voter problem. We've talked a lot about this on the show. I played you clips of various black voters who've come out and said, you know what? I'm standing with Biden. Snoop. Snoop's got a Trump tat now on his leg. Oh, yeah. Snoop is in the Trump. He's on the MAGA train now, baby. Snoop is the conductor of the Trump train lately. Well, President Biden appears to be in serious trouble with black voters ahead of the 2024 election and a black and black lawmakers and organizers are starting to panic. Quote, what I'm hearing in my district is how Bidenomics hasn't really hit them in the pocket said New York Representative Jamal Bowman, the idiot who pulled the fire alarm. I need him in the barber shops. I need him on the basketball courts. I need him talking to the hip hop community. I need him talking to the sports and athletics community to really get at what is troubling black men. Polling suggests Bowman is right to be concerned. Just 50% of black adults said they approve of Biden in a national AP NORC poll last month. That's a 36-point drop from July of 2021. An October Siena College and New York Times poll found that 22% of black voters surveyed in six competitive presidential battlegrounds say they will vote for Trump over Biden in 2020. 24. That is a stunning political shift from a reliably Democratic coalition that helped Biden win. That same survey found Trump's numbers were even higher among black men. In the 40 years he spent in political activism, National Black Farmers Association President John Boyd Jr. says the Biden administration has done worse than any other administration in his lifetime in opening its doors to black voters. That lack of outreach, Boyd warns, may come back to bite him in November. I'm at the head of this movement here, and there hasn't been a meeting, and I've been requesting a meeting for two years. His organization has 130,000 members. In fact, the last time I spoke to him, the president was the one who said we were going to meet to see what he can do. And then crickets! Earlier this month, the White House got a wake up call from former House Whip Jim Clyburn, a black Democrat from South Carolina, who is widely credited with saving Joe Biden's campaign in 2020. I'm very concerned, Clyburn said. I'm very concerned about black voters showing up at the polls for Biden in 2024. Well, listen, guy, you should be. You know, the only reason why I still think the Michelle Obama controversy. I know, Susie. I know. Uh Has legs is because that would help them with black voters, presumably, unless people say, nah, I don't believe that. I think Trump is still better for me. But it also shows you something too. When the media told, when the corporate media told black people in 2016, Trump was going to put them back in chains and lock them up in internment camps and everything else. They didn't believe it then. They didn't believe it in 2020. And they don't believe it now. So all the fear-mongering, all the fear-mongering, everything else that's going on with black voters has not worked. Mm -hmm. They care about the economy, like everybody else. White, black, brown, green, purple, whatever. It isn't just the polling that troubles Democrats. For example, turnout data compiled by the Wall Street Journal show vote totals fell in black and Hispanic majority precincts in Philadelphia during the 2022 midterms as compared with the previous cycles. That's a major warning sign in one of the most competitive battleground states, which Biden narrowly carried in 2020. And don't forget something. He only carried that Pennsylvania because our Supreme Court, I mean, all the cheating and the dead people voting and everything. What we do know definitively is that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court came in and said, mail-in ballots, sure, send them whatever. postmarked, not postmarked, signed, not signed. We'll count them. Don't worry about it. And that's what happened. But that's not going to happen in 2024. And Republicans are smart to be on the mail-in-ballot game. And Trump did better in 2020 with black voters than he did in 2016. In fact, he did better than any Republican ever in 2020. And what do you think? Black voters in Philadelphia are happy with the Democrats, happy with what's going on, happy with open borders. Happy with the crime? No, of course not. People always say, why do they keep voting Democrat in cities? Well, it's a complicated question, but it really has a lot to come down to the organization. But that doesn't mean they're going to vote Democrat in the presidential race. Just remember that. As Vice President Kamala Harris continues to spearhead the campaign's abortion rights messaging and outreach to the historically black colleges and universities, she and Biden will both continue to prioritize campaigning in South Carolina. And in another sign that the administration is waking up to its struggles with black voters, the Biden administration announced earlier this week it's hiring a a former Chuck Schumer staffer to lead the campaign's black media operations. Down-ballot Democrats are feeling the heat, too. Earlier this month, House Democrats campaigned. uh, they, They pledged to spend $35 million to target minority voters who have started shifting towards Republicans in recent cycles new polling conducted in January by the Pew Research Center suggests Americans are starting to feel slightly more optimistic about the state of the economy. Oh, please. I don't believe that for a second. However, black and Hispanic voters, not as much. Now, if you're a white professor at a college, well, you might feel great about the economy. David Axelrod... Former advisor to President Barack Obama said, objectively, Biden has things that I'm sure he feels he deserves credit for, but the reality is you don't always get credit in the time frame that you want, and particularly when it's dealing with the economy. Public sentiment often lags the statistics. Translation, Biden's done. It doesn't matter how good of a job he thinks he did. It's irrelevant. He's done. And David Axelrod is right. He's done. Now, of course, Kamala Harris came out recently and said, you know what the problem is? We just haven't taken credit. We haven't taken adequate credit for some of our amazing legislative accomplishments. That's what it is. All our amazing legislative accomplishments. Do you you think that's what it is? They're just not running down and claiming enough credit? Huh? Is that it? Now, this clip, this clip is great. Sorry, I had to, (laughs) I just had to grab a drink. My throat is dry. I must be nervous because I'm going to Parks Casino tonight. So, um, these uh, these voters right black voters and cnn even has to acknowledge this now see when you know when cnn has to acknowledge something you really know the pulse of the country Do, don't you i mean when cnn has to actually talk about something i love it it means there's no denying it they can't deny it they can try to deny it but they can't deny it that's the be- that's the be- always the best isn't it so this is now uh cnn they they had a um they faith leaders telling them that Biden is losing support. Biden is losing support. These are these are African-American black faith leaders, and they're coming out and they're saying Biden is losing support over the Israel-Hamas war. Israel-Hamas war. And a black faith leader told Poppy Harlow that her support for President Joe Biden is teetering on the edge over his failure to bring about a ceasefire in the Gaza Strip on CNN this morning, Thursday. But you know what? I think it's I think it's not just that. I think it's everything. I think it's the economy. I think it's it, it. it is. Yeah. You know what? No question about it. People don't want to see more war. They're worried about Biden's handling of things. Many of them are very much worried about their kids being called up to serve in war. And despite Lloyd Austin saying the black community was very, very worried about him, very concerned, I think the truth of the matter is. That America thought the whole thing was an absolute disaster, an absolute disaster for Joe Biden. And um, it looks so bad for this administration. This administration just continues to, bl- to blunder everything.
12: And fire oh, this fire has cost is the, the president your vote, potentially.
17: Thank you so much, Poppy, for having me Poppy. on this morning. Um, so far, I'm holding out hope that the president will change his position and be stronger in his call for a ceasefire. And that's what we are hoping. Um, he's not- you know, I got a question
2: for you. Now do Ukraine. Now do Ukraine. Is Ukraine going to call for a ceasefire in Ukraine? I'm asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. All right. I'd, I just I'd like to know. I'm just curious. Call me curious. I'm a very curious guy. I'm what can I say? I'm a curious cat like that. I'm a curious cat like that. And I just like to know. That's all. Are you going to call for a ceasefire in Ukraine or not? It's a very simple question. Of course, the answer to that is no, uh, because a lot of these people hate Israel. That's the bottom line. They really do. They hate Israel. And you and I both know that when the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, comes out and says, we need deportations of criminal migrants, they're doing violent acts. He's speaking for a lot of people here when he says this. Eric and Adams saying, joining us live right now. Thanks so much. You know, it's okay. I'll, I'll play it later. But it's just Eric Adams comes out and says, we have to get rid of these, uh, the, these, these criminal migrants, dude, I got news for you. They're all criminal migrants. They're all criminals. Cause that's what they're not migrants. They're illegal aliens. They're illegal immigrants. That's their illegal. Yes. I know that the other whack job said no person is illegal, but guess what? These people are illegal. All right, take a listen. I've been
13: saying this over and over again. The national government must do its job. Uh, this is not a responsibility that should be placed in the lap of all of these big cities. We're saying what's taking place in Chicago and Denver and Boston, all across our country. Big cities are having to do the national government job. And those migrants who are here because they want to be part of the American dream, thats uh, we say yes to that. But those who are breaking our laws, uh, we need to re-examine. Uh, The laws that don't allow us uh, to deport them um, because they're doing violent acts. We cannot create an atmosphere where you're going to bring violence in our city. But the overwhelming number of migrants and asylum seekers are waiting to have work authorization or their determination. And we need to be clear on that.
2: Oh, okay, All right. right, So so we need to be clear on that. Uh, Got it. Got it. We need to be clear on that. Stop saying they're illegal. Okay, they're not illegal. No person is illegal. Yeah, what, you, you know, black voters see this, too. They see this law and order that the Democrat Party is embracing. They see this and they turn around and they go, you know what? Actually, I think that people are illegal. I think people are criminals. And I think that we have to recognize the fact that they're criminals. And we got to call it out that way because we're tired of the law and order, of or the law and disorder. We're tired of it. And then, you know, to turn around and say, and this is why the squad is nuts. This is why these squatties are absolutely insane. The squad people. Um, they are nuts. And I'll give you a great example of this, right? A great example of this. Let's see. Uh, do you have that? I'll give you a second. So they... they um Oh, yeah. Oh, the the Pennsylvania voters. Yeah, that that, yeah, that's true, too. You know what? Let's do that. There was a group of Pennsylvania voters. This is actually very good. I'll do that. I I played the squad lunatic earlier today. Pennsylvania voters said they would take Trump over Biden. Abortion is not that important. Means nothing in the grand scheme of everything. I've told you that I have not heard this as an issue from any of my wife's girlfriends. Any. This is a, a manufactured issue. Ever since the Dobbs decision, ever since Roe was overturned, there's actually been more abortions. So this is a group of Pennsylvania voters. Now there's voters. another warning sign for listen.
16: Democrats today from our new series, meet the Deciders the press. Focus Groups. Meet we the are press. collaborating with Engages, Syracuse University and Sago to highlight and hear from key slices of the 2024 electorate. Our first conversations featured 15 Pennsylvania women who voted for Trump in 2020, but who opposed the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Democrats are hoping these types of voters could swing close elections, but if last night was any indication they are still overwhelmingly standing by Trump. Take a listen to some of what they said.
8: By a show of fingers, who would say former President Trump is at least partially responsible
6: for Roe v. Wade being overturned by the Supreme Court?
2: The one person. No, nope, nobody. Nobody raises their hands. OK. <laughs>
6: So none of you would say that he's at least
2: partially responsible for one it. woman. Says Maybe kindness, just a little, bit. little just I a think they
0: have their own right to choose what they want to do with their bodies. But I mean, it's not a number one factor on who I'm going to vote for either way.
16: It's not that important. I hate to say it, but it's overall, it's probably not going to determine who I vote for.
0: It's uh, not on my
5: top three reasons
12: to vote for somebody it means nothing in the grand scheme of everything to me i'm gonna vote who for who i think is going to do the best for my family
6: okay and abortion is not part of that consideration
12: at this point now
6: who would take trump so i've got basically everybody except michelle for a moment let's
10: imagine that the election is tomorrow by a show of fingers how many of you would take trump
2: One, two, three, six of the seven. Six of the seven. Just fascinating, but there is a fascinating. Meet the press. Fascinating. Pennsylvania. I told you abortion was not the issue that people tell you it is. I told you. It's the economy, stupid. All right, let me turn it over to my buddy, Michael Pelka, stunt brain himself, as I head over to Parks Casino. Hope to see you there. I want to thank my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, for being a great friend of the show and my dentist, the master of dental implants. He's the guy to go see. Dr. Mike is the best, and he'll give you the smile of your dreams. You deserve a great smile. Go see Dr. Mike Venaria today. With two locations to serve you in Cinnamonston and Woodbury, right over the Dr. Mike is ready to give you the care and comfort that you deserve. He's a great guy. His staff is great, wonderful music playing. And when it comes to complicated dental issues, complicated dental implants. Excuse me. There is no one better than Dr. Mike Venaria. So give him a call today. You'll love the level of care. My entire family goes to see him. Bridget just had an appointment with him a couple days ago, as a matter of fact. So what are you waiting for? You deserve a beautiful smile. And when it comes to complicated dental work, there is simply no one like Dr. Mike. Dr. Mike Venaria, my buddy, my friend, and the master of dental implants, complicated dentistry—that's his practice. That's his specialty, and he'll take care of you for all your needs. VeneriaDental.com.
1: Rich Ciole, weekday afternoons, three to seven. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app.
7: not even in the same neighborhood. It's Michael Pelka in for my buddy Rizzielli, who just, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's on the roof there of the Odyssey World Headquarters. He is strapped on the jetpack, and he's getting ready to take off and fly to Parks Casino. Am I right, Henry? Is that what's going on? Yeah, you know what? He did bring it to work today, so... Might as well I wonder it. how he got past security, because, you know, it usually drips a little f- fuel. You know, it smells like a lawnmower. When you carry it into the building. Yeah, he really stinks
5: up the whole place. But, you know, it's the most efficient way to get around.
7: It is. It is. Jet- we were promised as kids that we would have jetpacks by the time we were in college. And that didn't happen. I actually went to a, a baseball game in uh, 1977 that uh, between the games of a, a, a doubleheader, when they used to have doubleheaders and you didn't, didn't have to buy two tickets, they would entertain the fans while the players took a shower. Uh, and they flew a guy into the stadium with a jet pack. And we thought, OK, th- th- we're getting those next year. Goodbye, school bus. We're going to be flying jet packs to school to St. Agnes of the Punctured Lung or whatever that Catholic school was we attended as kids. Uh, yeah, it was a respiratory um, uh, medical training school as a kid. St. Agnes of the Punctured Lung it was a very, very important school on the north side of Chicago. But no, is not flying a jet pack? He might be. If anyone would, it would be Richard. I could just see that. I would uh, tomorrow be flying back and forth to work in a jetpack if I wasn't married and my wife didn't make me sign a paper saying, okay, we will sell the motorcycle. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do any bungee jumping anymore. No more of that. And here are the friends you can hang out with. No, she didn't do that part, but she didn't want me on a motorcycle. And now looking back, that's probably wise. And, and and even the three-wheeled motorcycles. Anyway, welcome to Thursday. Welcome to the month of February. And do we count this as a Groundhog Day Eve? I oh, think we can. Is that tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow.
5: Oh, man. Snuck up and on You know what, this year.
7: You know what that... <laughs> you, did you get all your Groundhog Day <laughs> shopping done?
5: <laughs> Ugh, can't say that I did.
7: Okay, that's all right. I'm sure... I'm sure you could call one of the sponsors and they'll take care of you. There's probably a pajama or something that's made for that. Um, or it, it's, uh, it's a big night tonight as Rich is going out. Uh, Nick Hale is going to be attending at Parks Casino tonight. And since today is the first day of February, uh, Nick got through dry January. His liver is in for a shock. He's going to have a cocktail if he hasn't had one already at eight minutes after six o'clock. So if anybody's attending, I think Sid, the great Sid Weiss is in the parking lot. Um, He said he was tailgating outside of parks, which is kind of interesting to be tailgating outside of a casino because uh, free drinks inside, you know, you sit sit at one of the penny slot machines and they they come by and offer you drinks for free. You should tip them. But uh, I, I would like someone to make sure they document whatever... Uh, Nick is wearing tonight because there's a really good chance he'll be wearing the same thing tomorrow morning at the radio station. Just saying, I would take the, I would take that bet right now. You know, you know, uh, Nick is always putting bets and his uh, his picks for the weekend on on uh, all the gambling things. There, I, I would bet that he's going to be wearing the same outfit because you know they do have separate studios, do they not?
5: Yeah, they're all spread out across all our studios here.
7: So you could be out all night. You could do the walk of shame and show up and stumble in at 5 o'clock in the morning in the same clothes you had on last night, and you could be in your own studio and you wouldn't infringe on anyone's uh, olfactory nerves. (laughs) I'm just saying, not that I've ever done that from 30 years of working in morning radio. Not that I've ever spent the entire night out and then managed to stumble in. I'm just saying I might have known people who did that. But keep an eye on Nick tonight, because he's been uh, 31 days clear, reportedly. That's what he told us. And I believe him. He's a man of his word. He's a, most golfers are uh, people of their word. They don't tend to cheat, unless your name is Bill Clinton or Joseph Robert at Biden Jr. I hear Biden has a very, very good foot wedge that he uses on the golf course. Anyway, I'm here for this hour. And we have so many things I want to get to, but as I said, it's not just uh, Groundhog Day Eve and the people that are headed, the caravans that are now winding their way towards, uh, I, I guess, the center part of the state. It's really close to the Pittsburgh Gobbler's Knob. Is it? Now, Have you guys been there? Have you been to cover one of these?
6: No, I have not. Never. There's plenty of time. <laughs> it's not on my to-do list. I got to be honest.
7: Come on now. You, the, the hot babes that are hanging out at Gobbler's Knob for the, <laughs> for the uh, pulling out of the groundhog. Hey, show me your groundhog. Here it is. <laughs> the, uh, the, the party is said to be just fantastic. And as the aforementioned uh, scene with Nick Hale uh, staying up all night, maybe he's headed to Gobbler's Knob. Wouldn't that be a great remote? It would. Janice Steen from the Fox Network is going to be there. But I'm pretty sure she's... She's going to be in hair and makeup and not in a bar. And so that should be good. Uh, The people from PETA, uh, you know, the people that don't want anyone to enjoy meat, those people are trying to get Punxsutawney Phil to be retired. They do not want this to go on anymore. They want this over, ended, now. And they want to replace the groundhog. And what do you think they want to replace the groundhog with? I'm not sure what. A coin. Oh, that's stupid. Because wouldn't that be exciting?
6: <laughs> it actually might be more accurate than Puxatani Phil, though. I, I did read that um, he's hit, I think, 39% of the time since 1887.
7: Well, you know, which was the first year that this this event happened, but it's not about Phil. It's not about being accurate. It's about T-shirts and, and selling rooms and bed and breakfasts, is, 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 you know. <laughs> and the hot babes of Gobbler's Knob, as you pointed it out. It is the hot times at Gobbler's Knob right there. <laughs> I, I just think, you know, it's a, it, a shirt from Groundhog Day at Gobbler's Knob is funnier than a shirt from Intercourse, Pennsylvania, you know, it's, or from the nearby town of Blue Ball, which is right there, too. I would think the Gobbler's Knob t-shirt is much better, at least on the scale of dive bar t-shirts. And then you could relive all the great scenes from uh, the fantastic Bill Murray movie, Groundhog Day. And I would do that. I would absolutely do that. I'd be playing Sonny and Cher. I got you, babe, every hour as the alarm clock went off. Uh, but that's going on tomorrow. And the PETA people, who are, are no fun, they're what's known in the uh, Spanish world as an agua fiesta, so wet blanket on the party. They're the ones who are ruining the party. They want to they replace um, Phil with a coin. Now, I know, isn't there a... Another groundhog that has given some credibility as well, uh, Staten Island Chuck. You guys familiar with Staten Island Chuck?
5: <laughs> Wait, is that real? Yeah,
7: I'm not yeah. familiar with the groundhog
5: lore here. <laughs> you have to explain Well, you thing.
7: know, uh, you got to know. It's not, did you think that the New York people would say, hey, let's let Pennsylvania sell all the T-shirts? No. No, so the Staten Island Zoo, which is actually a legitimate zoo in Staten Island, or known as Staten Italy to the locals. If you've been there, you know. Um, they they have a groundhog named uh, Staten Island Chuck, because I guess he's a woodchuck. And uh, Chuck has been doing the same thing for the local TV reports for years until Bill de Blasio. You remember de Blasio, the communist mayor that of ruined course. New York? He's the guy who destroyed New York City. He's the guy who allowed the people in the Bronx to hit the cops with water balloons and buckets of water and super soakers and didn't have them arrested. And I believe he's the guy who's led the downfall and the lack of respect for the NYPD. He's the guy who could have said, hey, you throw a bucket of water on a cop, you hit a cop with a water balloon or a super soaker, you're going in for assault. But no, he didn't. He told the cops to let the water roll off their backs and just deal with it. And now look what we got. You got people here illegally beating the crap out of the cops, and they're being let out. I blame de Blasio. But he picked up, I think it was de Blasio. He picked up um, Stan Island Chuck and Chuck tried to bite him because Chuck knows you should bite Democrats if you're an animal, not if you're a human. And de Blasio dropped him and killed him. Absolutely. And they hit it. They carried Chuck out like he was just wounded, but he didn't survive. So they have a new Chuck, but that's still going on that there, there will be. There will be coverage of the alternative um, <laughs> people. I'm sorry, people at home who expected to tune in for astute political observations. I do have some of those. We're talking about competing groundhogs, but it is tomorrow. It happens tomorrow at sunrise, which will be somewhere around 730 after sunrise. When, once the sun is in the sky and we can see whether or not there will be a shadow. You see a shadow. You got six more weeks of cold weather. You don't see your shadow. Uh, get your bikinis out because the next day it's going to be 80 or something i guess that's how that works but that's tomorrow today is the beginning of black history month and i i, I am just amazed at how black history month was kicked off today by robert kennedy jr Robert Kennedy, who wanted to be the Democratic candidate for president until the Democrats said, no, he won't do what we tell him to do. Like the guy we got there now. He's no he's no Joe Biden. He'll never listen to us. So Kennedy posted this late yesterday. And I just think this is phenomenal because he he doesn't care anymore. Robert Kennedy doesn't care. He knows the Democrat uh, machine is not going to allow him to do whatever he wants. Here's what he posted yesterday, just before uh, midnight, just before we had uh, the beginning of Black History Month in America. Joe Biden is campaigning in South Carolina right now. Tomorrow is the first day of Black History Month. Let's reminisce on everything he's done For black Americans, Joe authored the 1994 crime bill, which led to mass incarceration of black people. Joe said if you don't vote for him, then you ain't black. Joe extended penalties for people under 21 charged with selling marijuana. Joe endorsed segregationist senators. Joe opposed busing because he didn't want his kids to grow up in a quote, racial jungle close quote and those are just a handful of the very racist things joe biden has said over the years but this is from robert kennedy (laughs) three and a half million people saw that in less than 24 hours three and a half million people he's got a lot of people following him and i thought well you know it's probably not fair just to quote robert kennedy and what he's saying about Joe Biden here on the first day of Black History Month, it probably would be okay maybe to let Joe Biden speak for himself. Let's hear about Joe Biden talking about the civil rights movement and how he was involved during his life. For real, I got
11: involved in the civil rights movement. I'd go to 8 o'clock mass, and I'd go to Reverend Herring's church where we'd meet In order to organize and figure where we were going to go, whether we're going to desegregate the Rialto movie theater, what we were going to do.
7: I got my education for real in the black church. Now, that's Joe Biden. This was this past week when he was in South Kakalaki. He He was campaigning with James Clyburn, the guy who dragged him across the finish line in the last primary challenge. But let's go in the time machine. Let's go in the Odyssey time machine and go back to a younger Joe Biden. Talking about his involvement in the civil rights movement.
11: And that's not hyperbole. It's a fact. I was not an activist. I was not out marching. I was
7: not down in Selma. I was not anywhere else. So which guy do we believe? The guy whose brain is pretty much oatmeal who was talking last weekend? Or do we believe the guy who was actually still coherent, still capable of putting a sentence together? Kind of amazing. I do enjoy. I do enjoy when the left chews on itself. And that's what's going on with Robert Kennedy going in a full-throated attack against Joe Biden. And then we have Joe Biden kind of going after himself. There's more. We have so much more today. And we have a, a little bit of breaking news as it relates to the um, lawfare against Donald Trump. There's some news about the court dates, and uh, we'll, we'll bite into that. And I have a couple, of, uh, a couple of clips I need to play you that relate to Joe Biden, that relate to Fonnie Willis, you know, the uh, district attorney who's under investigation for hiring a guy that she was all hot and bothered about and paying him a lot of money. To go after Joe Biden, even though he's never prosecuted a felony case in his life. Uh she said some things when she was running for the office that seemed to contradict with what's going on right now. But we'll have some fun. And you're welcome to join the conversation as well. 855-839-1210 is the number. It's Opelka in for the uh jet packing Zioli, who's headed to park's Casino right here on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT.
1: The Zioli show. On your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app.
7: I love this audience. I, I absolutely freaking love this zeoli audience, the Army. By the way, I was in the Southern Jersey a couple days ago and uh, met a member of the Zioli Army named Terry. And I was uh, intending to meet him because he won... A bottle of bourbon in a charity auction I was running. I was so happy that some uh, listeners from the radio station, won bur- two, two different listeners, one guy, uh, Luke Greco, who's a painter, won a bottle of great bourbon, and then uh, Terry also won a bottle of bourbon. So it's like two of the two of the audience won uh, of the ten bottles. They won twenty percent of the bottles. It was great, and the money went to the Delaware Children's Theater. Every Penny went to the nonprofit Delaware Children's Theater, so it's great to meet you. I was at um, I was at uh, what's it called? Ponzios? Do you guys know Ponzios Diner?
6: Oh, that place is really good.
7: It is unbelievable, and the bakery counter—I I just sell my clothes. I'm going to heaven, but I, <laughs> I, I got to hang out briefly. With Terry and his wife, and uh, they were just the nicest people. And he had the coolest Zioli Army T-shirt. I think it's one of the early ones. I wouldn't know because I still don't have one. I bought one during one of the the limited editions, you know, when they were selling the, the pink ones. Remember the hot pink ones? I bought one of those, and they sent me a small, which my dog would wear. And I ended up giving it back and Rich and Dawn and, and everybody signed it and they sold it at, at that big charity event we did a while back for Tra, I think it was for Travis Mannion. But, uh, uh just a- great to meet this audience and this audience is so good. For example, I was looking at social media and Road Warrior is responding, uh, has a wonderful, <laughs> a wonderful picture, uh, a gif of a, uh, a guy in a jetpack taking off and, uh, Uh, Well, not really taking off But looking like uh, he's going to ride the ground All the way to Parks Casino I guess that's supposed to be Zioli And uh, Road Warrior also added That if he wore a t-shirt that said Gobbler's Knob His wife would punch him in the face With a swing from the next solar system You know what that means You need to buy a Gobbler's Knob t-shirt Today Today, Charlie Today uh, so many things to get to. As I said, we've got a lot of, a lot of hot topics. Uh, there is news. I think this is um, news we expected as it relates to uh, Donald John Trump and the lawfare against him. It looks like the Washington, D.C. federal court calendar no longer lists USA v. Donald Trump on its calendar for March 4th. Remember, that was the target. Jack Smith wanted to get Donald Trump in a courtroom ahead of March 4th, ahead of March 5th, big primary days. And they're, they're really pushing and pushing and pushing. And it appears that all of their pushing has led them to a place where they really don't have legitimate cases. They know it. they are big problems. And they're worried because if they don't get these cases in process by May, then you run into that unwritten law that says you, you, can't, you can't mess with an election by bringing these people to trial. So it looks like a lot of this is crumbling, even though we're waiting for the, the, the um, penalty report from uh, Judge Engeron, the guy who's going to hit Donald Trump with the penalty for the fraud trial, which will definitely go to appeal. And uh, while we wait for the appeal on the e gene carroll case and that that award that ridiculous award that was handed out and um all of this will end up somewhere in the appeals courts if not before the supreme court but it doesn't look like the big push to get donald trump in that dc courtroom is going to happen ahead of super tuesday and that's got to hurt that's got to hurt all of this, this planned lawfare. And then there's the problem in Georgia, the gigantic problem in Georgia as it relates to Fannie Willis. And I know a lot of people go, it's Fannie, it's Fannie. No, it's Fannie. Just say it's a regional pronunciation. Uh, Fannie Willis, who is the district attorney... And when she was running for that office in, in 2020, she sat down for an interview to tell the people of Fulton County why they should choose her, why they should, should throw out the guy who'd been there for almost a quarter of a century. And it's just so funny when the hypocrisy and the irony merged to create hypocrisy and that's what we have that's today's portmanteau hypocrisy the hypocritical irony of the democrats here's fanny willis being interviewed and pitching her case to the people of fulton county georgia
19: the district attorney's office in Fulton should be the beacon of the southeast. It should be the absolute best office between Washington, D.C. and Miami. And right now, what you have is a office of dysfunction and corruption, and we deserve better. And I am
7: now it's interesting because that's a great case. You say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm very proud of our of our county of Atlanta and Georgia here. And this I want this court this this county to have the the greatest reputation when it comes to the law, the best between Washington, D.C. and Miami. That's a high aspirations, right? Mm, maybe they kind of fall apart here. Choice to
19: improve it. Corruption, uh, Ms. Willis, that's a strong word, uh, to level against the office that Paul Howard has run for.
7: Now, this reporter, and I'm using air quotes with my fingers, is uh, wearing a hot pink dress that's low-cut and so tight. Well, we know whether she has foundation garments on or not. That's how tight it is. And they're in a library holding this interview. And uh, as she's asking this question about corruption, she takes off her glasses and gives her hair a shake. But they're trying to make a point about the corruption of the current district attorney. Nearly a quarter of a century.
19: If he, if he gets reelected. be more than 25 years you have a da sitting there that doesn't have the qualifications and the experience to do the job
7: now she just accused the sitting da who's been there for almost 25 years of not having the experience he's only been doing the job for 20 plus years and she's just accused him of not being qualified not having the experience hmm and she doesn't have the experience because she's never done it, but she wants people to elect her. But she's about to put her foot into a trap that she just baited. I can
19: guarantee you, is with my reputation, with my community ties, I am going to be able to attract the best and the brightest minds to that office. You're sitting with someone today that actually wants to make a difference because they deserve a DA that won't have sex with his
7: employees. Whoa, 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 excuse me. Four years ago, Fannie Willis said, you're sitting with someone who won't have sex with their employees. And now she's credibly accused of having sex with the guy she hired and paid more than the qualified guy to go after Donald Trump. And they both took trips to Washington, D.C. to meet with the Biden White House. And sit with the White House. And then they went on expensive vacations. But, you know, she's, she's campaigning on the fact that she's not going to have sex with her employees. Now, maybe they had sex before they were employees. I don't know. Or maybe she fires them every time before they ha- have their uh, sexual congress, as it were. And then she hires them again the next morning. It's, like it's a temporary job, you know. It's, it's not going to be permanent. She's not putting him on the payroll. He's going to bill her for every hour. It gets worse because they deserve a
19: D.A. that won't put money in their own pocket when it should go to benefit children because we deserve better.
7: So she's taking the money that she's paying to the guy that she's allegedly having this affair with. And that guy's in the middle of a divorce. We don't know where the marriage was before they connected, allegedly. But she's paying him more than she paid a guy who's qualified and then enjoying the benefits of that financial relationship and the ability to go on those expensive vacations. I'm sorry for having uh, become awash in schadenfreude, that feeling of joy at the misfortune of others. Leave it to the Germans to come up with that word. But yes, schadenfreude, that's the feeling you get when you get all giddy when, when one of these weasels gets caught in their own trap hoisted on their own petard if you will but that's certainly what we have with fanny willis aka fanny willis i i don't know where this is going to go she has repeatedly said she is not going to step down she's she's playing that uh that scene from dream girls was it effie the character sings and i am telling you i'm not leaving all right i won't sing but it is uh it's just amazing to me that that's That's where this situation is right now. So that was fun today. But you know what is also almost as much fun and irritating at the same time is the story. And I know Rich read the report from the United States Capitol Police that said that there will be no charges. No charges for the former Senate staffer who filmed a gay porn video in a senate hearing room and i'm i'm just wondering uh it was amy klobuchar's chair right guys wasn't that didn't they <laughs> yes d- it, does amy get a new chair i hope so and what's being done with that chair where is that chair right now i think he just set it on fire and
6: you know dispose of the remains right like no one wants to reuse that
7: I wonder, I wonder if they swabbed it for fingerprints or tried to check it for prints. <laughs> you know, because we, we have the, the, the two people who were, they call them people of interest. The two people of interest were not cooperative. Yeah, you know what you do when people aren't cooperative? You treat them like they were at January 6th, you put them in the cooler, you don't give them an attorney. You feed them bologna sandwiches and water for a couple of days and see if they come around. Although, considering the film they were making, they might want to be in that situation. Who knows? But the the other part of this that uh, hits me, nothing's going to happen. The same way nothing happened with the cocaine in the White House. Nothing appears to be happening. There is zero accountability. So what I would like to suggest is if there's not going to be any accountability, if there's not going to be any, any real consequences for anybody who does stuff like this, then we got to monetize it. Is that wrong? Is that, is that the wrong way to look at this? I mean, look at what, how much money Paris Hilton made off, what was it called, the night in Paris? <laughs> Didn't she get a slice of that? I believe she did. Uh, didn't Kim Kardashian launch her now successful billion-dollar empire based on her um, her horizontal tango with with uh, Ray J? So maybe maybe we need to release this as a film. <laughs>
5: you think that's their end game in this whole thing?
7: I don't know if it is, but I am thinking we got to monetize it, and the money goes to the government. If we're not going to charge them, we're to charge people to see it just saying no charges for these people but charges for the the people who want to see it now we just got to come up with a title (laughs) all right people you know what to do you go to twitter you gotta you gotta put a title on this i've already got one i have a small list working here i've been thinking about this all afternoon like they're they're not going to charge them okay then release the tape and let's put some music and titles behind it and let's sell it Let's uh, let's uh, let's make this a pay-per-view thing, you know. Netflix. Let the Obamas put it on their Netflix release calendar, and let's get let's get some money coming into this government. Here's what I would call it. Tell me what you think of this title. This, I I had several that I had I had written, but Zeli would call me and yell at me and go, "You gotta say earmuffs before you say that stuff," because he always says earmuffs, and then a tenth of a second after he says earmuffs, he says the stuff. That he wants to cover up when no parent has time to put their hands over the kid's ears in that tenth of a second. So here's my name for the for the uh, aforementioned Senate hearing room gay porn video congressional mandate. <laughs> right? I'm thinking, good. I'm
6: thinking.
7: I'm thinking because it doesn't get too dirty, you know. There's a lot of stuff about the. The back entrance and all that kind of a stuff that we could have said, but we didn't. We just went congressional mandate. All right, people, do your worst. Come up with a name for the, uh, the congressional video and uh, we'll, we'll monetize it. We're going to put, you know, Donald Trump is the guy who needs to be driving this kind of idea because he's the businessman. He's the guy who fixed the economy. We'll get into that. A few more things we have to get to as well. Uh, Biden stepped in it again today, told another lie. I know, shock. Uh, there's news. What do we have? Five guys closed their store in Oakland last week. Wasn't that Five Guys, the hamburger joint? Uh, in and oh, Out Burger. Yeah. In and Out Burger, much better than Five Guys. Uh, in and Out Burger closed, and there's another restaurant in Oakland that's closing, and it's probably because of racism. I'm sure. We'll explain. Just around the corner. It's Michael Pelka in for Zioli on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.
1: Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app.
7: I'm just trying to write all this down. I'm looking at all these uh, messages I'm getting. It's Michael Pelka in for Rich and ahead of Mark Levine coming up at 7 o'clock, of course. Zioli's headed out to Parks Casino where he will be keeping an eye on Nick Kale who's breaking his uh, dry January. If he hasn't broken it already. And uh, I'm, I'm begging people to take pictures so we can see if Nick's in the same clothes tomorrow morning that he was in uh, tonight. We shall see. I would be. I'm just saying. Just one of those things. Anyway, we we're talking about the um, X-rated gay porn video that was shot inside a Senate hearing room and uh, no charges will be filed. No charges, because apparently no laws were broken, because this is normal behavior. So I said, okay, we're not going to charge anybody. Let's make some money off this. Let's release it. Let's sell it to Netflix. They'll put it on the Netflix streaming. Make a little money. That's where all the money is now. That's what we hear. Just look at the Obamas. They're cashing in, Right. And so we're trying to come up with a title, and I suggested Congressional Mandate, and I got a text message from uh, a friend of mine who will remain nameless, who said, uh, how about 12 Angry Men and Two Very Happy Dudes? (laughs) You know how they used to take um, uh, porn in the 80s and take popular films and, like, romancing the stone was romancing the... We, we got it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, saving Private Ryan was shaving Ryan's, you know, mm-hmm. private. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess a 12 angry men and two happy guys. And then somebody said uh, a few good men in a Senate hearing room. <laughs> that's pretty good. A few good men in a Senate he- That's not bad. And then I have to give props again to Road Warrior, who's working overtime today, who actually sent a screen grab, I think it's from Animal House, when uh, D-Day was driving the, uh, they, they took the uh, Continental and turned it into a tank. You remember that right. in Animal at House? at the end, yeah. Yeah, at the very end, and uh, on the screen it said, Ramming Speed, and that's the title. <laughs> I guess that's just the title. So that's pretty good. So we have plenty plenty to work from here, in case anyone's wondering. Uh, we'll leave that to the bigger minds in Washington, D.C., and see if they can monetize that. As I said, uh, a little bit of breaking news out there. We talked about uh, Fannie Willis. She is now refusing to voluntarily step down from the Trump case, saying that we must not have any delay, that changing prosecutors would delay the trial until after the election. Huh. So it's not about justice. It's about having a trial before the election. Gee, who saw that coming? I don't know. Everybody? Yeah, probably everybody. That was kind of the whole deal there. And then um, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., he's the president of the United States, the commander in chief. He was on the phone today with the parents of one of the soldiers who was killed over in Syria this past weekend. And uh, in typical Biden fashion, he had to make it about him and also make it about a lie that he was telling. This was reported on Good Morning America. And uh, uh, these parents are grieving. They're now gold star parents. Their child in her 20s was killed. Their child, who was a member of the National Guard, and there have to be many questions answered. What were these people doing where they were? Tower 22 was the name of the uh, group there. They're building temporary roads between Jordan and Syria, this engineering group. Why were they there? Why are we building temporary roads? Is it because we're getting ready to transport heavy equipment, tanks, I don't know, into Syria to go after some of these insurgent groups sponsored by the Iranians? Is that what was going okay, Has anyone asked those questions? Sure doesn't seem like it. But here are these parents, and they're mourning the loss of their child.
17: President Biden calling Oneida and Sean Sanders. Come on. Come on now, who's your buddy? 24-year-old daughter Kennedy was killed in the attack. I know, uh, you know, everybody,
11: uh, I I know there's nothing anybody can say or do to ease the pain. I've been
17: there. Yes, sir, we understand. The parents overcome with emotion when the president reveals how their daughter will be honored.
8: We're promoting her posthumously to
1: sergeant. Oh, wow, that is the best news I've heard today. Thank you so much. You don't know how much that means to us. Oh, well, I tell you what, it means
8: a lot to, a lot to me. Uh, my son spent a year in Iraq. That's I lost him. And,
7: uh... So, Joe Biden is announcing they're posthumously promoting this dead soldier, which will financially help the family. Yeah, That's kind of nice. But for him to say, it means a lot to me. To tell you that, my son spent a year in Iraq, and that's how I lost him. Now, the Bidens lost their son, Beau, to brain cancer. But it was five years after he left Iraq. He did not die in Iraq. He didn't die in combat. He died from brain cancer, which is awful enough. I just wish this guy would stop making it about himself. And I certainly hope he goes to Dover Air Force Base. And meets those three flag-draped coffins of those three heroes who lost their lives under his administration. Earlier in the week, when Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked about it, she said, well, we're not sure what his schedule is. That should be the first priority of a commander-in-chief. Not another campaign appearance where you can take shots at half of the country making fun of extreme MAGA republicans no, you be there, Joe Biden, and you don't look at your damn watch. For once in your life, take the Prevagen and Red Bull cocktail and be aware and awake and pay attention to the families that are grieving. I know, it's a, it's a downer thing to wrap up the show with, but I saw this and I just said, really, it's about, it's about you at this point? You have a mother and father who are in tears. Because their child, who was in the National Guard, who was there serving the country, lost her life. God bless that family. May their child rest in peace. And may Joe Biden finally wake up. Uh, I, I will be back Saturday night from 7 to 10 p.m. with a full complement of shows. And uh, we have a, um, a major story about the automotive industry that you're going to want to hear about with our friend Lauren Fix the Car Coach. It's Michael Palka saying, thank you. Testudo, my friends. Testudo.
1: Rich Scioli, weekday afternoons, 3-7. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. And on the free Odyssey app.